Evening, everyone. Welcome to GCP. It's WCW 2000 time again with the one and only Mr. Chris Wilson. Hello, Chris. Oh, God, not more WCW 2000. I mean, hello. How are you doing? Not so, not so bad, Chris. Um, we've just been chatting about a load of stuff, haven't we? Off air. The Rasmus. Yeah. Grimsby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, all, all, all the yeah, good shit stuff. Yeah, hey, if we actually ever do a Patreon, you'd get to hear that, but uh, we're not grapple. No, we're uh, not. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, uh, you've been great, Chris, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing all right. I was just saying to you uh, earlier on, I had a bit of an accident with my car, wanged my uh, wing mirror uh, against another vehicle, just cost myself 100 quid at random. So, yeah. Apart from that, I'm having a smashing day, pun intended, Hold probably. On. Yeah, Hold thank on. you, smashing thank you. Smashing day? Hey. <laughs> hey, these boys, boy races around Grimsby Market, you can't trust them, can you? I won't mind I was a boy racer, it's totally my fault. <laughs> what a shitter. I know. So, um, Chris, um, we're going to talk about WCW Slamboree. Uh, this is the, around the time about Ready to Rumble. Um, now, Ready to Rumble, you, you must have seen it many a time. And have you reviewed it for Cinemortry yet? It's not Cinemortry eligible, sadly, because it's not a horror remake or sequel. But I have seen Ready to Rumble an embarrassing amount of times. I think I've seen it about 10 times at this point. How, how did it rate for you back, back as a film? Um, it's one of those where I know it's shit, but I really enjoy it because it was it's WCW at the end of the day. Um, it was actually the last bit of new WCW content I actually ever watched because it aired on Sky Movies in the summer of 2001 after WCW closed down. So it's so uh, just having that feeling of WCW being back for a bit longer, it always warmed the cockles of my heart. And uh, despite it being very much the early 2000s sort of comedy in like the style of like American Pie or Bring It On, that, that sort of humour, I've always had a soft spot for it in all fairness, even though it is absolute shite. Don't yeah, get me wrong. I remember the front cover being um, David Arquette and um, his call star get, being given a knuckle butty by some hunking arm. Yes, yeah, him and Scott Cowan, massive bicep around him, like yellow background and all that lot, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think I ended up buying the videotape from like Asda. It will mm. have been back in the day. That's where I got all my most of my physical media from. If it weren't like Music Zone, if you ever remember Music Zone. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember Music Zone. Yeah, early two thousands. That was always cheap for your CDs and your. I think I got like SummerSlam two thousand from there. Music. Oh, I- I got SummerSlam 2000, my first ever DVD uh, from WH Smith. That was my first ever DVD I bought, that was. Yeah. That, I, I remember, oh, God, one trip to WH Smith was uh, to get WWF Hardcore or something. No, WWF Action. It was. Oh, yes. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. And it, and it was rated at eight, 18. I think it, you remember 15 or 18. Mm-hmm. I went to buy it and they wouldn't allow me to buy it just because it had a naked, uh, an half-naked Tristratus on the front. <laughs> and not because of a certification. Yeah. Can't have that. It's got boots because on. Before, I didn't look, didn't look the age. Mm. When it, like 2000. Yeah. 
I was I was old enough to buy it, so I couldn't get it. So I think next day I asked my dad, "Can can you go and get us a bit of WWF action?" <laughs> he knew which one. Knew I said, "Oh, it's the one with the uh, Tristratus on the front." All right then. So yeah, no, he, he, he went. He gravitated yeah. towards it. Yeah. Funny enough, WH Smith is the uh, place where I, the only time I ever got denied buying a CD because of that explicit content warning on it. They wouldn't allow me to get it because I was 12 at the time. And that was a chocolate starfish hot dog flavoured water. Fucking hell. I know. Absolute jobs worth that, uh, that woman was. Got to keep on rolling, baby. Do you? And I did it my way by going to Virgin Megastores instead. Did you, uh, uh, hey, was it even near the Nookie section as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was living it up as soon as I got that CD in. You've got to have faith, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, away away from WH Smith's, which is a sh- we're actually talking today about shops you thought would have died. WH Smith is up there for me. WH Smith's, who else now? Claire's Accessories. Yeah, yeah, but yeah that's a good in word. our office. Um, old mobile phone shops. Like, I don't get why O2, 3 and all that lot still have physical outlets where you can do it all online. The, funnily enough, um, when we were in London at the weekend, this was on Monday, this, so we, we had a trip round um, Angel, mm-hmm. which is near Islington in London. Uh, got recommended some bars by Car- Carsmile Steve on, on uh, Twitter. He gave oh, us yes. a... I told him on. I seen him in uh, where are it now? Dundee Arms, the place where everyone meets for the before the wrestling. He <laughs> weren't going to the wrestling, but I asked ask him. He said, "Oh, I'll send you a list of." And lo and behold, he did. But take away that point. We, me, Jeff, and um, Chris and A were coming out of London Liverpool Street Station. I think this were all right. They all like Angel mm. and got off. And before you get up upstairs, there's like. A fucking water stones on corner in, in in the actual underground part. Oh right, okay. What a curious place for that. It's like that's not going to sell any money, sell anything, and there's no fucker in there except for the person behind the counter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, obviously, I get why water stones exists because you know I, I love going on a, a good bookshop like that and and, and getting some stuff, but that is a weird location for it. Yeah, did not understand it. No, but but yeah, no. There, there's a couple of shops that you think oh, should have gone. Hmm. You got any more, Chris? I'm just trying to think some really obvious ones now. I mean, the thing is, they've all started closing down anyway. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, for, for me, mobile phone shops is the big one. Yeah, I don't get why they still exist. I don't know. Well. Th- then again, I last couple of times I've renewed my mobile, I've actually gone in one of the shops, mm. just because it's only down there. It's only down there. Oh road. yeah, okay, but fair enough. And then, I just yeah. don't want to wait for me, like phone through the post, because I know because I know it'll be raw mail delivering it and then leaving a car through. So I know you have to pick it up in post office three days later. Oh, it is another one pound stretcher. Surely pound world's taken over. Oh, whichever one it is has taken over. That whole market now. Yeah, I don't think you see a pound stretcher. They always used to be one in um, fucking hell in the week in um, like the big in the main shopping centre in Rochdale on like on the corner where 
like HMB used to be, and I think it's just a big empty space now. Mm. Oh, and another one. This is very specific because I'm not sure how many of these exist, but uh, boys. I, I know there's at least one in like York and there's obviously one in Grimsby, one in Cleethorpe. So I think we've got like several locations. It's just basically a load of tattoo with three floors and I don't get how it survives when you can buy buy better quality stuff elsewhere easy enough. Yeah. Um, so um, actually going into something that didn't survive, WCW. Hey. What a segue. What a nice. segue. Nicely played. Nicely played. Now, now here we go. TV. Now, this is another wild month of TV. Just a bit. I would say this could be the wildest month, but then I remembered we've got next month to come. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't remember much of that moment between Slamboree and Great, Great American Bash, but there's a lot of title changes in there. I was going to say, if you like title changes, you're going to fucking love next month. Isn't this the one where Rick, the one where Ric Flair wins the title, then loses the title... He loses a title because he had an ear imbalance, so he's basically fainting after the match. Yeah. So then Jeff Jarrett wins it, then Kevin Ash wins it, who then gives it back to Ric Flair, who then drops it to Jeff Jarrett again, and I think that about covers it, but yeah. Good grief. Okay, now. That was anyway, like two weeks of TV. April 17th, 2000, Nitro. Let's get in. Once mm. upon a time. An in-ring celebration for the new blood. Then this was after um, Spring Stampede. Yep. Um, here's what. So they had loads of balloons coming down and everything, and because of the popping of the balloons and what have you, Russo's promo is being overpowered by the popping of balloons. Probably the best thing for him, really. <laughs> thing, uh, what I love very as well because it felt like red balloons because, like, in like that new blood thing, so it just basically sounded like everyone was loudly popping hemorrhoids. It did, yeah, it did. <laughs> you needed some cream for that, did Rue? So, <laughs> the um, part of this promo was Russo getting in a JR dig about him, him holding down Jeff Jarrett. Let's be honest, was Jim Ross actually wrong? No, <laughs> it, it was. It, it, weren't, weren't they going to have a feud at the time? It was Jeff Jarrett and Steve Austin, weren't it? Mm. Jeff Jarrett was nowhere near the level of what Steve Austin was at the time. No, yeah, I know there's always been the thing about that where there's been bad blood because one time in Memphis, Steve Austin got like underpaid. He like it was staring at his check, and Jeff Jarrett said, "Well, you know, it was it like that check won't cash itself or something like that." So they've always had crosswords but in WWF Jeff Jarrett was nowhere near the level of of you know like your Undertakers and your Rock Snob all of the time he was bog basic mid card and yet suddenly yeah. he was supposed to have a feud with Steve Austin like, no I don't and think he so wore a, he, and he wore an Aztec singlet as he well he did yeah <laughs> fuck me they, well they're doing the Stone Cold sessions together aren't they Austin and Double J mm. Mm, I wonder if that gets brought up down to do. nah, you probably won't in all fairness, but you know, you never know. And let's have a see here. Oh, yeah, so, um, another car related thing. Uh, DDP turns up in his Dodge Viper, comes out and twats security, and then interrupts festivities, including the Millionaires Club dressed as a riot, as riot squad. So they were on 
like Vince. Yeah, but you, what was supposed to be Vince Russo's like minions? Yeah, they were like security guards. I, I, to be fair, if this worked really well, I, I thought it was yeah. a fantastic reveal. Yeah, you never suspected it though, would you? You, you didn't. No, no. It was one of those times where an, an actual Vince Russo swerve worked fantastically because you never suspected the thing. You just thought, oh yeah, they're here because Russo's cowards. You know, he needs his security, and yeah. Uh, this, apart from all the uh, balloons popping, this was actually a pretty excellent segment to get the next chapter of this uh, new Blood Millionaires Club rolling, in all fairness. Yeah, the commentary say, oh, dissension in the new blood. I'm like, fucking hell, it's only been a month. It's been a week. A week? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a week. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they, they, they just had a Nitro of Thunder and then. Yeah, on the pay per view. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Um, anyway, let, let's get into the matches on this one. Sean Stasiak versus Kurt Hennig. Finally, the big feud we're all looking forward to. Meet. Yeah. I think we're so, uh, meet chance as well. Oh, yeah, there was. There was. He, he just could not escape that bloody gimmick. No. And him and the parent, what they call pretty mean sisters, weren't it? Mm. So. With this one, the ref gets knocked out. Meat clocks Henning with the uh, brass nuts and it's the perfect plant uh, for the free count with uh, Miss Hancock looking on. I don't know. They, they didn't really. They thought, oh, they're going together and then there was nothing really. Oh, yeah. um, Stasiak and uh, Stacey Keebler. Yeah. It, it's, it's strange because we had Keebler on here, but I don't think she actually gets involved in any storylines until like what new blood rising? Yeah, in that's where the, I'm having a fucking baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is a weird one, but then they'll put Stacey and Stacey to go right at the end of WCW anyway. So the, uh, after this, um, it's out back to the back, and it's a motorcade now. They love the cars in WCW. Don't someone, someone in the year turn a rental department, car rental department was absolutely stressed out during the year 2000. I'd hate being a fleet administrator for WCW. Fuck oh, could you imagine? Yeah. Keep you busy. Um, so the motorcade's stopping and Hogan um, gets out. Um, so, like, the security trying to stop him uh, getting in. And a voice from the gods says, Hogan, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> As he let him in, um, Hogan then comes to the ring, attacks Stasiak and sends him packing. Stone mm. Cold Terry Belaya. This is what we're going for. I think we discussed this briefly last month as well. It did. You, you know what? Every time I've watched, like, watched this month with a telly, I've just had that conversation we had on the last show in my head like, Stone Cold, <laughs> Stone Cold. It's so funny they're trying to like redo his character in WCW, but it's Hulk Hogan, who at this point, you know, is like what was about forty at this point, is very much part of the establishment of WCW. You know, when just the absolute opposite of what Steve Austin was, and it's just brilliant in a in a sort of way. And you know, I think I said just last month as well, it wasn't the worst character for him either. No, it, it was actually better than he's like. You know, when he went to wearing darker clothes in about 95, 96? Yeah. Better than that character. It was, yeah. Um, and it was better than his uh, sort of 
come back, you know, in the red and yellow in 99. So I do like this character in all fairness. It's just very, very bizarre that it's happening. The, the, there's a thing when he does, he like gets on the mic and like Siobhan is, oh, he said, I'm not, no, it's Hogan. He actually says, uh, this isn't Hulk Hogan speaking. This is Terry Bollea speaking. Yeah. So basically, so if you remember that um, court case, um, just to make it easier for listeners, is um, Hulk Hogan's got the 14-inch cock. <laughs> Terry Bollea's got the 4-inch cock, so it couldn't have been his cock in that porn movie. <laughs> well, to, um, still a point from the lapsed fan, because uh, I, I was listening to all the like, Bachelor Beach stuff. It's very funny that... In his court case against Vince Russo, he tried to argue that Hulk Hogan and Terry Bollea were the same person. Whereas in the Gorka case, he literally argued the opposite, and he won the the, the opposite one. That you know, that for different people, Hulk Hogan's cock is substantially bigger than Terry Bollea's. That's for sure. Yeah, but this is a point in like WCW. Like I said, the first time ever his his name's been mentioned, it's Terry Bollea, brother. Mm. Terry, that'll put butts in seats. Terry, he's he, he like a baddie from Brookside, doesn't he? Sounds like a chocolate orange. It does, it does. I mean, to be fair, colour of his skin. Hey, talk, talking about brothers, though, it's the wall, brother. This <laughs> is Terry Funk for the WCW hardcore title. So uh, with this one, the wall pile drives Funk onto a table, but somehow Funk is still standing, so they go for a bit of a walk and brawl. Yeah. And from from nowhere, some tables fall on the wall from no, fall on the wall, and Funk <laughs> pins him. So they're like under this. It's know, like a curtain area, isn't it? Yeah. A curtain area, yeah. And these ta- these tables just like. Poof, and just you know like, who did that? You are, who did it? Yeah. Ralphus, probably. And he yeah. did, I don't think he mentioned it. Probably, no. He got no, never got mentioned again. The end. Vince Russo, ladies and gentlemen. That's why. Because I know he wanted to get the tag title, the hardcore title off of uh, off of um, Funk. Hmm. But why would you book in a scenario where you've been pushing for war, brother, for all this time and having faced someone else instead of doing this really weird finish and just, I don't know. And then make him look like an absolute idiot. Yep. Which is a ongoing theme with most of the characters in Vince Russo's WCW. But we'll get on to that later on during the pay-per-view. Next up, Chronic. Attack the Harris boys backstage and insert themselves into a match with the Mamelukes. Um, well, the bell, bell didn't ring. And then um, Chronic just battered them anyway. Yeah, no contest. Done. Bye. I put here Brian Adams and his nicely straightened hair. It's quite nice looking hair at this uh, at this point. Yeah. Not not Kevin Nash levels of great hair, but no, no, no. Oh, he, uh, he's, he's had this. He's had the irons on for a, a couple of hours as a uh, old big Brian. Yes. Uh, well, Kevin Nash he uses conditioner as well. You know. Because he's worth it. He and is I, worth it. I'm surprised. I'm surprised Kevin Nash didn't get called up for like head and shoulders adverts and. Oh, I mean, if I was in charge of head and shoulders, I would have made that call. Yeah, it. You know, you know, it's an easy payday for Big Kevin. Loves his, mm. you know, not doing a lot. Yeah, yeah. A- again, uh, as I get older, a trait I 
vastly admire of him, but imagine him like swishing his hair back as well in, in slow motion. Got a lob on just thinking about it. <laughs> um, here we go. Vampiro's promo against Sting just blathers on as the lights go out. Sting in the ring uh, grabs Vampiro and twats him with a bat. Uh, not a great, not a great segment for Vampiro. This second rate, he mm. felt. And you know what? In a lot of this early feud, and there's a note I make after the pay per view match that how the fuck did this go on for another four, four or five months? I have no idea. Um, the uh, one thing you know as well about the bat and. The use of weapons in the Sting Vampiro feud that I'm going to get into during the actual match at Slambury. Yeah. Because the weapon use is fucking ridiculous. Mm. Not for the sheer amount of weapon usage, which is fine to some extent, but the way it affects the wrestlers, as in basically bats and lead pipe shots turn into basically like punches. Mm. It's stupid. But we'll get there. So, after this, um, we have DDP versus Mike Awesome. Actually, wasn't a good. It wasn't a bad match. This one worked well together. Mike Awesome's, a, Mike Awesome's another one who you don't know where they're going with him. You know, at points of this, times are making him look like the biggest. Maybe under Jarrett, the next yeah. Jarrett or Steiner, the next big threat, and then then he'll end up losing. Well, yeah, I say this is a problem we had where Spring Stampede him just like, I know Kevin Nash interfered and all that lot, but him taking a stand recline after a five-minute match just mm. took away the aura straight away. And they, they should have done a lot more than what they did with Mike Awesome. I mean, he wasn't the best pro in the world, so he's always going to be a bit restricted, but they should have really done more, especially in, this, in these early days. You know what? I was going to say that. He, mm. He's not great promo. No, no, he's... No, no offense. No, speak ill for dead or anything like. That. I might be sounding like an absolute idiot when he cut promos. Yeah, he's very, he's very southern drawl, isn't it? Yeah, and and he's just trying to get through what he's saying really quickly because he basically doesn't want to cut promos. He's just like, uh, 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 and then he just walks off. And yeah, and, and no, no sense of time or anything like that on it either, which is a shame. So, in certainly in a product like uh, Vince Russo's WCW it wasn't really going to work in the long term for him. Yeah. Oh, well, hence why he ends up in the stupid gimmicks, but, you know, we'll get right into future episodes. I can't wait to see how that all, how that all started with the old fat chip thriller. Mm, I can't remember now. But, you know. So, um, yeah, Canyon interfered, uh, causing DQ. Um, Canyon was ready to go through the table, but was distracted by Big, Ken, uh, Big Kevin Nash's music. Nash attacks Awesome and power bombs him through the table. Mm. Mike Awesome got fuck all in on um, Fingy Bob on Kevin. But I don't think we even ever had a match, did they? They did. I don't think no. they did. I think we were that... sort of like thinking that last time. But I, I, I assume that. Yeah, I assume at one point they were boarding towards them to at Slambury, but I guess Nash wasn't cleared in time and we just moved on anyway. Yeah, it seems like the only time Awesome got anything in was on his debut with that crutch. Every yeah. other interaction is it's all Kev. <laughs> so um 
So one of the uh, one of the owners of the Chicago Blackhawks gets manhandled by Tank Abbott. This was about the time that Tank was just like picking on any fucker in the crowd, which we'll get into. There is an interesting one to come up. Mm. Um, so they have Douglas versus Lex Luger. Uh, Rick Flair comes up, comes um, comes out dressed as Sting, wallop Shane with the bat to cause another DQ. It's a, a point. There was an early interference from Bagwell, but nothing happened to stop the match. There seemed it very, you know, it's very lenient with the rules to whatever <laughs> whatever it's, suits him. Yeah, just to point out as well, this is the yeah. Uh, so if this is the third match in a row with a fuck finish, so we've had two no contests in a row. Is that right? Yeah. Ben, this is the first of. Or is it the second of three disqualifications on the road to round out the show? Yeah, it is. Yeah. There's, a, there's also, there's also um, I don't know if you know, ever thought this in around this period, but everyone seems to stop wearing their own wrestling gear and just turning up in street clothes. Apparently, it was mandated on Ric Flair because a few people thought it was a bit out of shape. Because ah, he, yeah. start, he started wearing all his Gucci and all that, but... I think uh, it's also like with Hogan and Orvalop just trying to reinvent like the older characters to try and still get Luger. some use out of them. Luger, yeah, Luger's Luger another one. Luger were wearing some oversized like Matalan check shirts. <clears throat> he was. But in all fairness to him, you could sort of start toning his face and all that. Like he's reached that peak in his bodybuilding where he's starting to get a bit bloated now and he's on the turn, as it were. Mm. Yeah, because because you know, get, don't get me wrong, he's still in like fantastic shape at Slambury, but you can tell on on his face already it's going to go the other way. But um, I would say with Flair, because I remember there were a point. Well, his last match in WCW, he wore a t-shirt, didn't he? But yeah, he did. But uh, you know, it might have been around the time he lost, uh, you know, body confidence and and what have you. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? I, I I won't pull it past like Russo and. Bischoff saying, "You're not looking as good as you used to, Rick. Get a t-shirt, get your, get your, get your um, shirt and tie on. Yeah, <laughs> put your boobs away." So um, there were a long-running storyline during this um, show, which had Hogan chasing after Kidman or going looking for him. Eventually, finds him in a storage unit. So they have a bit of a, a scuffle. Hogan overwhelms Kidman again. Press slams Kidman into the bin. Mm. It's a skip. Hogan then runs rams a skip with Bishop's Hummer, obviously the white white Hummer from last summer, and then speeds off after Bishop. This is the beginning of a feud as well. We've already had two Hummer stunts. Bear that in mind. It's <laughs> like where yeah. do you go from there? Because like Kidman gets taken out on a stretcher as well, but he I, does, I assume yeah. I assume we'll be back for next night, Trevo. So he's all right. So here we go. Um, there's an open challenge as well from uh, Jeff Jarrett's or whoever signs a contract on Jeff Jarrett's door. It's yeah. a, a WCW title match, um, and it's Scott Steiner um, who who accepts the challenge. Um, Steiner actually was on the way to being Jeff Jarrett during this match, and then another interference. Booker mm. T comes out, costs him the match. Yeah, fucking hell. 
The crowd actually boo this. They wanted they wanted Scott Steiner to win. It they did, yeah. yeah. Steiner for me, Chris, was the most over per- apart from Big Kev, me maybe the most over person on the roster. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would have put the belt on Scott Steiner way before he actually got it. You know, he he, he just had at the right time. He was still somewhat decent in the ring as well. And um, but you know, his like wild mic skills and all that lot. I, I thought it was absolute money. In all fairness, and compare him to Jeff Jarrett, who you know, Jarrett's fine, but you know, it's Jarrett. He, yeah, it's Jarrett at the end of the day. I, I'd I'd have uh, put a strap on Stein and seen what would it. What I could have done with him instead, but you know, it is what it is. Chance of Booker sucks, but <laughs> <laughs> from the crowd, um, yeah, pursuit of the DQ. Uh, one of his is because the crowd was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, the third disqualification in a row. Are you kidding me? Yeah, well, there's like one match expected this. There's one match that's gone like somewhat clean or all shown. It was the war versus Terry Funk in a hardcore match. Hmm. Yeah, and even the tables interfered. Yeah. So it's in the show. Bischoff runs away from Hogan. Um, but to actually end, who's this? It's Brett the Hitman Hart with a chair. Who's he going to hit? Show fades to black. Mm. Tune into Thunder, folks. Except there was no Thunder. So tune into Nitro, folks. Hey, uh, yeah, finger. April 19th, Thunder, preempted due to baseball. I was wondering because I was searching the network, like, where the fuck is it? Oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was like thinking, oh shit. But then I remembered. I mean, I go on DDT Digest for reference anyway, and and I saw, oh yeah, it did get cancelled that week. Yeah. Um. So fast forward to April twenty fourth, Nitro. Now, mm. who did Brett hit? Says Tony. He should know. He was on commentary. I put down on me notes. I was going to say, he would have faded out for them. Oh, what the fuck? Um, so they actually have a sit, like a sit-down interview with uh, with Brett. And um, what's it, Brett? It's Hogan. And well, he, did, he, he said he did it because, you know... He Hogan did it all for the Nucky. <laughs> yeah, he did it all for the Nucky. But he, um, you know, like back in WWF, like Hogan always wanted the spotlight. He didn't want me to beat him and and what have you. And Brett was right. Mm. Brett's always right. Yeah, Brett is always right. But yeah, um, never mind that. Back to another Terry Funk hardcore match. Well, um, actually, not not on my notes. There's um, David Arquette in the crowd. Um, again, uh, Kimberly ready to serve DDP divorce papers. Ooh. Jeff, ooh. Jeff Jarrett twats Paige with the guitar. Out comes Arquette and Canyon to save Paige. Arquette says he's going to 1 800 kick Bischoff's ass. There was a lot of 1 800 and kicking ass, weren't there? Yeah, I mean, I sort of get for reference, but yeah. An extremely year 2000 quote. Where's it from? Is it from he, Scream? He, he, he um, did no, no. He, he did um, advert. He, he did the adverts one eight hundred collects around this time, ah, which right. is like well, one of those buddy, like how I could basically get a callback. You know, you use like a, a BT buddy 
phone box and you collect charges instead so you let the person picking up the phone pay for it instead i think it was that sort of shit right okay um so there's a, a tag team match on this show candido chris candido and tammy versus prince ikea and well paisley charmel whatever you mm. want to call her hall of famer paisley hall of famer hall of fame <laughs> always remember that wow um also, uh, also, so um, in all fairness, well, yeah, well I uh, think she still is. Is she the police? The police station Hall of Fame, probably. <laughs> she probably has her own like personalized cell at this point. Yeah. Um, so with this in this match, uh, Sonny actually does a flying cross body off mm. the top of the top row. It's like she's le- she's learned this maneuver in the time of rehab. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably like the shape she made while she's like trying to jump over the wall to escape. Yeah, the the, the actual end to this match is uh, Sitch actually does a sexy dance and pins a hardly out Sex pin. So she's like, like like doing the fucking Rick Rude. Oh yeah, she just and sits like, on her. So sits on her. Funny yeah. first. I get feeling that gyration was a bit um, uh, excessive to what was needed at that moment. Yeah, uh, me, me. Um, end end word was shite exclamation mark. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking embarrassing. It was, uh, yeah. Sting, uh. Sting now looking for Vampiro, and um, he comes out and just Scorpion, Scorpion death drops Candido, and then goes back looking for Vampiro. <laughs> yep, it's great. Sort of a running running theme here, where the millionaires yeah. just said, ah. Yeah, fucking kill, kill, kill this guy who's getting a little bit of a push. You mean the cruiserweight champion at the time? Just yeah. fucking bury the champion. Why not? Fuck well, it. It's, well, it's two episodes running this Candido and also Meaty. Yeah, Meat. Tag team action now. Team package versus Chronic, Chronic, Chronic. Um, what do you think happened here, Chris? Um, interference by um, Buff Bagwell and Shane Douglas, if I remember rightly. And if I didn't remember rightly, that's what would have happened. Give us a D. Give us a Q. What have you got? Duck Q. Duck Q. After one minute. Mm. Um, fucking hell. Douglas bats Flair and then Chronic hits the eye tie to Flair to win. Well, it was. It looked like a DQ and then it was like, oh, oh okay. No. And we just pinned him anyway. Just pinned him anyway for shits and giggles. Right. Dear, oh dear. Two on one handicap action now. Mike Awesome and Billy Kidman versus the Hulkster, Terry Bollier. Uh Hulk Hogan coming out in his FUNB shirt. <laughs> Fuck uh, you, new blood. Nope. Correction, MB stands for New Blood. You figure out what the FU stands for, yeah. as, as Terry oh, says. Yeah, he did, he, on one of the episodes, he does say he does say that. Yeah, Mark, yeah. Mark Madden says the same thing on a commentary. Mm. I mean, technically, it shouldn't be FYMB, but you know, I think I've just been pedantic here. I, th- I think I think you are, mate. And I did well in this match. Hogan was dominating both lads. Awesome actually takes all the beat until 
Kidman, um, chair shots, Hulk, Hulk bleeding again. Mm. Every show, absolutely every show, is it can be seen doing the the old blade job. Yeah, he's really going for it here. Stone Cold yeah. Hulk Hogan. Uh, this was uh, one of the matches that, in his lawsuit, Hulk Hogan claimed he put over people all the time. I mean, and and he takes a pinfall here, but you he know, does, he does. Um, it, oh, it? Well, Awesome puts Hogan through a table. Yeah. Um, in, then... in in the handicap match with interference as well, if I remember rightly. Yes, yes. Um, so like Kevin Nash looks like he's on his way to ringside. It ends up like Kidman splashing Hogan through a table. Leg drop. It's a leg drop, Kidman. Mm. One, two, three, and the flea market champion of the world pins Hulk Hogan. Oh, Terry. And everyone will remember Billy Kidman's name forevermore because he pinned Hulk Hogan. I think twice, didn't he? I think it was three or four times, but I think there's a difference between pinning Hulk Hogan clean and all sorts of bullshit that comes to before pinning Hulk Hogan. In the fans' minds, you know, just a sheer perception of it, it's a bloody country mouth sort of difference between the two. And I mean, to be fair to Hulk Hogan, as a politician, he probably knew that, which is why he'd happily either pinfalls on nitros and all that lot. Just not on pay-per-view. You know with that uh, court case with Russo, did he win? No, oh. Russo won. Russo uh, won. Russo successfully, uh, it was successfully argued by Russo slash WCW that Russo was in character at the time. Because ah, right. it was to do that promo, it, wasn't it? The, the, that caused a yeah. defamation of character, yeah. They successfully argued that Russo was in character. Alright. Which is, I'll be honest, I didn't actually know this until I started listening to a Laps fan podcast. I, I knew there was a lawsuit, I never had any idea it even went to court in all fairness. I thought it was like a kayfabe sort of lawsuit. Right. Hmm. Not, well, good to hear Olgan lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good oh. to see him do the job in court. Although then again, Hogan always has to get his pinfall back, so he got it back against Gorka, didn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so with this as well, um, Kevin Nash comes out. Uh, he actually gets beat up as well, including Tory low-blowing him. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of low-blows going on around this time. Charmel who did the worst low blow of the lot. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think Sonny did as well, Tory mm-hmm. did, Kimberly did. They all went to uh, low blow class, didn't they? At the, uh, we've uh, got uh, Daphne later on as well. Daphne, yeah, no, Daphne. Um, on Kevin Nash. Nash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there, there must have been like a class at a power plant for just for, for women how to do a low blow. Mm-hmm. I bet the trainer that day uh, felt like it was on cloud nine. Bet, bet he did. Okay, bet he okay did. now for to do it slowly and gently. Yeah, caress the ball. <laughs> uh, anyway, talking a pair of bollocks, um, David Arquette versus um, Eric Bischoff. Oh, dear. Um, Arquette. Arquette actually spears Eric, then does the worm of all things. It wasn't yeah. the commentary as the worm. Um, Jeff Jarrett interferes, drags drags the ref out. Jarrett hits Bischoff with the guitar by accident. Arquette pins Eric, and DDP gets a cage match with Jarrett later on tonight for the world title. Mm. Um, 
it was a for what it was. Uh, I thought it was, this was a fun match, in all fairness. Yeah, it, well, it it didn't outlast its welcome. I will. No, say. I say it's like sort of the equivalent of when you get two referees fighting each other. It, it, it's two non-wrestlers, and 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 the one was pretty funny and impressive at the same time. So you know, I, I enjoyed this for what it was. This is something David Arquette should have just been doing all along. This this was the level he should have been at. Not what uh, happens on Thunder. Oh, I know. That, that, that's the um, next episode, I think it is. Correct, yes. Oh, here we are. We have a new backstage interviewer. It's only Tylene Buck. Oh, yeah. I forgot she did this about two weeks. Yeah, and she comes across as absolutely useless. Mm. And then, um, well... She, well, she makes her way into the bloody misfits in action, but that's not for another few weeks, isn't it? Yeah, about so I think in about a month's time, she's there tearing the top off and all that lot. And so, tag team action, WCW tag team title match now, which was Chronic versus Shane and Buff. Hmm. What do you think happened? Um. I'm getting this mixed up, I think. So, no, but let's say, um, I, if it was because uh, Chronic B um, later on, no, I think this is a. Was this the one where Vince Russo interfered for some reason? You'd be yeah. correct. You'd be you know, Chronic the night before had come in to help out Vince Russo mm. by beating him. Um, well, I mean, sorry, the storyline was because Chronic helped out Buff and Shane. Now they wanted a tag match. That was the that's the deal, and so Russo swerving the swerve. Yeah, so um, he, he gets in, um, he um, hits Adams uh, with, with the bat. Uh, match ends with the ref getting batted by Vince and both pinning um, Adams. I think uh, Vince Russo actually counted the fall. So yeah, swerve, bro. All right, another one. Tank, Tank Cabot on another uh, path of rage as he beats up the WCW um, internet department of Bob Ryder and one Jeremy Borash. TNA, 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 TNA. He actually ends up on commentary as Borash sometime during this um, era. Yes, correct. Yeah, I believe Scott Hudson goes off and returning to leave or something like that. So he replaced him for about a month later on. In about September time, still, still with WWE at the moment. Yeah, only him and Smallman have been fired somehow. Well, Borash does all the work, doesn't he? Mm. Mm. Just leave that comment hanging. Yeah, and, and Smallman. <laughs> and Smallman. Anyway, steel cage match. Steel cage match. Anyway, DDP versus Jeff Jarrett. Not a bad cage match, I will say. Um, yes, it's a very that. short one, though. Only about five minutes, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it, match match went five minutes, and in a minute of this was brawling, brawling on the outside in the crowd. It was. It, it was a weird cage as well, wasn't it? If, if this is the uh, modified version of a cage where it's got the um, roof on it, hasn't it? It is the caged heat. To yeah. no, the caged heat one was the wider hell in a cell one. This was just ah, a cage yeah. that went over a ring. But it's to this is to stop any interference, and lo and behold, I think at the very least, Mike Awesome and I want to say Canyon get in the cage anyway. 
Yeah, so Awesome actually tries to interfere, but he's a bit too slow getting in due to like Canyon just stopping him. Oh, yes. This is the one that was a really weird finish because of the crowd didn't even realise, wasn't it? Because I think Awesome tries to run in to break up the free count off the diamond cutter. Yeah. Canyon grabs his leg, so Paige gets the pin, and the crowd are just like, oh, oh, okay. Hooray, DDP won. Mm. But five, five minutes, though, for you know a match of this standard. But as we've said like over the last few months, these main events are just like, fucking get it out there, get it out there, get it out mm. there, get it done. I've just realised as well. <laughs> I've just realised as well because I'm just I'm looking through the um, DDT. Like, this wasn't even main event, was it? This wasn't even main event. No, no, fucking out. I, I, I just remembered I scrolled down about Vampire and Sting. That that's so, still there. There's nine minutes left in this show. Yeah, and there's two. There's a steel cage title match and yeah. the first blood match. And the fucking. I mean, if, 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 I think this is for obvious reasons with what happens in the main event, but the heavyweight title match isn't even the main event cage match on Nitro. No. What the fuck? Fucking bizarre. I mean, again, considering how Vampire and Sting finishes, I can see why they did it. But in another sense. Why did it have to be a steel cage? And also, why not? Oh, no, sorry, this one wasn't the steel cage one. So why not just book this on another show? So yeah. this is the first blood match. Sorry, so the cage has gone up now. Um, but this is the one that ends with the first appearance of the uh, the blood from the lifting, the shining, making its, uh, making its debut by falling over Sting. Honestly, I did put a literal swimming pool levels of liquid. How yeah. much fucking blood they use here. About to say, imagine going to a butcher's that morning and ordering uh, of some pig's blood, please. All of Gary's, Gary's meats. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mount blood there, you have to go next door to Snow's as well. Or maybe Crossroads, David Jenkins. That's a very niche reference. For anyone in uh, Grimsby who knows Gary's meats, will <laughs> know. If you know, you know. If there's meat, then there's Gary's meat. So, uh, yeah, so with this, Vampiro gets on the announce desk and signals for the bloodbath, which falls down on Sting. Sting, after getting bloodbathed, uh, gets hung in the uh, rafters. But hmm. it, it, so, after, like the week after on the following program, he just ends up walking around like a zombie. Like, yeah, he hasn't you know, like, a shower or anything. You know, like when like Bishop Brennan gets kicked up the arse, <laughs> like that, yeah. like that face. And Sting just waits up, like he did. He did pour blood on me, Vampiro. <laughs> I can imagine fucking Sting running up a hill and uh, massive cracky ass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. Um, April 26, 2000, Thunder now. A kidnapped Arquette turns up in Jarrett's uh, Cadillac. Jarrett then sets up in the in the, um, in the the ring Bischoff and Jeff Jarrett. This is DDP and David Arquette in a tag match for the WCW title. Whoever gets the pinfall wins. I'm sure this will end well. Uh, 
So I they actually at the end of this segment, another ball shot uh, by Kimberly Page to yeah. uh, DDP. All the like wrestlers must be walking around with balls like space hoppers. The amount of times they're being punched there. They're walking around like John Wayne, won't they? Yeah, they would do. Yeah. Fucking hell. Um, there's a match with a uh, canyon and uh, meat, uh, but Kurt Enig. Once again, it's a DQ finish or an interference finish. They're uh, clocking meat with yeah. the brass knuckles. During this, though, Mike Awesome as well, Awesome bombs Canyon through the announce desk in the same segment. So he was just like, they finished that bit. Right, mm. Awesome. You're getting out there. Power bomb, table. Yay. I mean, um, usually, all those segments so. around this time was a massive mess, but I, I distinctly remember this being a fucking mess. It was literally the, three post match angles in one. So, so after this. DDP's out now to fend oh. off Meat and Awesome. Yeah, Awesome's, yeah. Awesome just shoves a Meat into a diamond cutter and that ends the segment. Mm. Crazy. AEW's got some of these ideas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with how that, you know, some of that's been playing out over the last few weeks. Yeah, AEW Thunder. I'd watch that. Mm. Mm. Um... Here we go. Oh, it's Mark Mero in the audience for some reason. We'll get into that. He's never mentioned. He's never mentioned again, is it? Oh no, I remember now. Yeah, okay, right. got you. We'll got get you. into it though. Um, Billy Kidman next against Hogan. Horace Hogan. Oh. Horace actually comes out to Hulk's theme. How much of a fucking loser? How much more of a fucking loser do you want to be? Deathmatch wrestler Horace Hogan back in the day, weren't he? Just coming out to his uncle's music and everything. I mean, he, he he's very much the. I know, when, David... What they say, the a wish Hulk Hogan in it. Yeah, yeah. He, he's the uh, David Flower Hogan family. I, I did put him in also. Unbelievably, Horace is having a competent match and in general dominating Billy Kidman. There's yeah. the word. Dominating one of your top supposed heels who had just pinned Hulk Hogan twice. Correct, yes. I mean, if I remember rightly, because I've not seen this match in a couple of years now, but I see it's been, it's been an actually quite decent match. It is. Like, yeah. like, like, obviously, Hogan really pulled it out his ass on this occasion, in all fairness to him. He even does a power bomb a Kidman without any consequence. Mm. But, he, he, he wanted to put over his old flock member. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot all about that. Bloody hell. Bloody flock. But, yeah, no, a, this was a decent outing. But, again, it's Horace Hogan in the year 2000. May God have mercy on us all. So, um, Bischoff gets involved. Lo and behold. Um, with the worst chair shot ever that hits Horace, like, Oh, yeah. He went to a landstorm score of uh, chair shots. And um, Kidman bulldogs Horace through a table and Bischoff counts the three. Kidman pins Hogan again. So if anyone, anyone keeping Scott him, that's two tables that have been broken on Thunder and we're about 15 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> it's it bad, isn't it? Absolutely bad. 
Well, we don't know what uh, restraint means in WCW. Well, we here we go. We mentioned him earlier, Mark Mero, with his um, boxing trainer yeah. in the in the crowd. Here comes Tank Abbott looking for a pick a fight with someone in the crowd. Obviously, um, commentary alike. No, no, please not me. Please not me. <laughs> Tank Abbott picks on Mark Mero and his boxing trainer, and Mero actually ends up getting into a scuffle with Tank. The outcome of this angle was nothing. Nothing. Which, I mean, I know it wouldn't like put butts in seats or anything like that, but I think this would have been logistically interesting a diversion for Tank Abbott because he was waiting for Goldberg to come back anyway. But why not stick out Johnny um, Johnny B. Bad on with his Mac Mero sort of fighting skills against Tank Abbott for a couple of weeks? Yeah. Uh, why, why do this and do fuck all work? Because obviously we, we don't see Mac Mero ever again on, on bloody big screen. Uh, oh no, I think he appears in TNA. You know, John, it's uh, FSN. Uh, Fox News FSN days. But yeah, this is his last appearance in a major company. And yeah. I don't know. I, I think he, he would have been fine for a couple of weeks to have brought him in. Yeah. Um, it just went nowhere. There's quite a bit, quite a bit of this uh, month where people just turn up randomly and there's no consequence at the end of it. It's it's a throw shit at the wall sort of scenario going on. And bear in mind, what? Two and a half weeks into this new era, it's not a good sign. No, there's so much stuff, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. It's like they tried to cram 12 months of storyline into two weeks. Into two weeks, normally, yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, speaking of like no restraint or anything like that, did we say two tables so far about being broken? Yeah. yeah. Next match is a table match. It is. <laughs> it's Sting versus the wall, brother. In a tables match for no reason at all. These yeah. two lads haven't been feuding against each other. Fuck all. Nothing. Just Sting is all, um, you know, blood baffed up. He's well, got a bit I mean, of red on him. He has got a bit of red on him. Uh, bad period day. Uh, <laughs> Ragweek uh, Sting. Um, <laughs> they end up with a like, Sting power bombing the wall through a table and wins easy. Yeah, I've got the match time here. One minute 20. If this time a month ago, um, he had a DQ finish against Hulk Hogan. He actually won by DQ. That was the Wall Brother. Yeah, that that was the Wall Brother. That was literally one month ago to the day. And then he's losing one minute 20 to Sting on a random thunder in a tables match. Dear, oh dear. So, next segment, um, it's sort of like Buff and Shane in the ring with Russo. Mm. But Flair comes out with Liz and Luger. And I will say here, um, there's a promo um, by Flair. What a fucking promo this is. It is. It's just him talking about great, how great the Millionaires Club are and telling franchise Shane Douglas how shite he is. Which is well, it, what you want. <clears throat> well, it's classic, like Ric Flair. You know, you know when he goes off on one. It was very. Really up his, it was very, very close to a bone. To a bone, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a lot of shoot comments in there as well. Like pointing out to him, like Sting is the only franchise and all that lot. You know, calling him out on on 
bollocks like that. Yeah. Such such a good promo. And yeah, one of the highlights of this um you know, this this week's of um telly. But in this segment as well, another swerve. Vince Elizabeth isn't the property of Lex Luger. She's the property of WCW, and I own WCW. So Vince Russo kidnaps Elizabeth. See, this is what happens. Basically, Vince Russo at this point is writing fan fiction, and now his girlfriend is Elizabeth because he had the horn for her as a teenager. Papa Lazaro Papa of WCW. You're my wife now, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. Um, oh, God. Tammy, Tammy versus uh, Paisley. Oh, fucking hell. I just put here, amateur hour. Paisley wins with a DDT. I put Tammy is aging bad here. I'd like to point out that Tammy lasted longer with a ring uh, by two minutes than the wall did on this episode. God, you know what? Actually, watching watching the these shows, I thought, oh, some of this telly ain't bad. But it's just when you read your notes back, it's like on on paper, these shows absolutely shocking. There's a bit of weird, like like sort of like a freak show, like a sideshow at a circus sort of thing, entertaining about a lot of these shows. But Jesus Christ, in in isolation, a lot load of these segments are awful. Just the worst. Rescuing TV that's ever been put out there. Uh, Booker T versus Mike Awesome now. Mm. It's another one of these matches that could be, you know, a secondary main event title match on paper. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, but I'd say this should be like your match just before the main event on, on a WWE pay-per-view, or, or it could be. And if I remember rightly, we have a cracking match here as well. It's a good match and as well. Um, there's interference. Scott Steiner interferes, but it's Scott Steiner, stuff. Scott Steiner on commentary, he's excellent here. He's mm. Bobby the Brain Enans on commentary, and he's he's just constantly buttering up Scott Steiner. You can tell between the two, they're just loving each other's company. Yeah, 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 of course. And I think it might today's try to wind up like. Um, uh, no, is it today? Oh no, Shivani's trying to wind up today, and Enan's trying to wind up today, and yeah, it, it's very good comment, like a, a, as a trio with someone at the actual desk. Scott Steiner's playing up to it, just having a bit of a bit of a crap before he gets into mm. the ring, and obviously causes the uh, you know the cheap win for Mike Awesome. Awesome actually wins with the uh, like running Awesome bomb. Yeah, which he didn't crack up that often in WCW, did he? Not really. really. Yeah, yeah. He, he sort of like launched him. Yeah. And Booker hit the back of his head on bottom turn, Booker, so mm. he really bloody sparked him out. Yeah. Probably why he didn't break it out so often, to be fair to him. Well, yeah, there, there you go. And um, after the match, there was a bit of a brawl. Here come, well, the yet-to-be-named Misfits in Action. Oh, yeah, okay, I forgot about that. Right. So this is um, it's going to be Lieutenant Loco, uh, Corporal Cajun. Uh, who the fuck else was it? Oh, Major Stash, Major Stash, and uh, Captain Hugh G. Rection. 
GI Bro as well. I want GI Bro appears too at one point. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and old major guns. Soon. Of course, of course. It's, it's course. But we'll get into huge, huge erection. Um, <laughs> Are you still talking about major guns? No, fucking hell. Huge erection. Fuck me, mate. Couldn't happen to a better tosser. No, not really. <laughs> Oh, so um, it, actually on this thing was Brett's interview with Scott Hudson about why he attacked Hogan and then getting into the main event da, da, da. it yep. is the match that supposedly killed WCW it's um, David Arquette and DDP versus Eric Bischoff and Jeff Jarrett for the WCW title with Kimberly as the referee wonder what happened here Chris uh, nothing noteworthy. No, nothing anyone talks about anymore. Anyway, move along. Nothing to see yep. here. <laughs> yeah, it's um, was it the death of WCW this minute, this moment? Yeah. For you, it was, was it? Um, no. I think there's a lot of factors in the turning Goldberg heel. Yeah, that was a big one. But I think, in my opinion, this wasn't the death of WCW, but it was the death of the, Vince, uh, the Russo Bischoff era. Mm. I think as I think as soon as that happened, and bear in mind when we 16 days into this thing, um, that whole new creative direction lost all credibility, and, and it was dead in the water. Yeah, they just ended. End they did it as a tie-in with the film. Yeah, a film that had already been released and already bombed as well, which is really strange because I think the film came out. I'm going to look this up now to be accurate. Um, yeah, I want to say the film came out about um, a week beforehand. I mean, and I saw it came out April 7th, so it had been out about three weeks at this point. It already bombed because it only made five million in the first week. Then we ended up making 12.5 uh, on a budget of 24 million, so it was an actual bomb. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, so they were a month too late. In all fairness to WCW, it's because they were going through a creative reset at times, so we couldn't strike Ryan as hot as I wanted to. But doing it now, when people had already voted for their wallet and weren't going to see the film, made this decision doubly bizarre. Mm. Yeah, so I kept Pins Bishop to win the world title. Everyone knows this story, don't they? <laughs> they do, yeah. Um. Yeah, let's get into May first, two thousand Nitro now. Um, we've only got um just two more pages of notes about um the TV before mm. we get to um the actual pay per view itself, and you get to find out mine and Chris's all important ratings, which we disagree on every episode. We do indeed. Yes. Who will be the Raven versus Saturn? <laughs> oh, who will be? We'll get um, into so- that. So um, on this episode, David Arquette shows Courtney Cox his new belt, the one he just bought from Burton's, not the WCW title. Um, so I can afford. <laughs> Hulk Hogan runs run, runs into a car while a standoff happens between New Blood and M- Millionaires Club. Yeah, <laughs> more cars, more Stone Cold Steve Austin antics. Yep. Bloody hell, bloody hell, Terry. So many um, vehicles. Sean Stasiak doing, um, you know, the same promo as what Mr. Perfect did back in the day with, like, um, the basketball. But he didn't oh. do it. He said, oh, I'll just take a free throw from here. And it was literally, 
over the bloody basket. Yeah, these were funny, to be fair. Yeah, I, I really like it. Because didn't he do, like... Was it going to be... He was going to, like, throw... Was it, like, 40 basketballs and all that lot? Mm. And, and this was, like, an ongoing thing all, all night. The... Um... Triple Threat Cage match that actually gets announced, um, yeah. which is for Slambery, which is Arquette, Jarrett, and DDP. The Wall versus Horace Hogan in a tables match. Mm. <laughs> well, avenging his one mi- avenging his one minute and twenty second loss, the Wall won. You did, yeah. Uh, probably the right things to do. I remember this match not being that bad either. It was sort of like Harris Hogan on a resurgence of sorts. Hmm. He, but he wasn't too bad in like the like month and a half. He got a bit of a bit of a spotlight. No, he he, he did all right. In all fairness to him, it's just at the end of the day, it's Harris Hogan, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So there's a bit of a brawl as well. Mike Awesome ends up putting. Um, oh no, he actually put. No, this is uh, with um, Horace Hogan. Horace Hogan gets put through a table. Yeah, got to put a Hogan through a table. It's mandatory every single episode. Yeah, um, a backstage promo now. Vampiro has shown sniffing gravestones. Mmm, that very smell nice. Dirty bastard. And <clears throat> um, you get put on the register for that sniffing gravestones in the middle of the night. I guess I bet he had a ham shank afterwards over one of those graves. I bet, I bet he did. Yeah, filthy fucker. Um, so, uh, and well, a handicap action now, I think this was. Uh, Jeff Jarrett and Scott Steiner versus Hugh Morris. Mm. Uh, Steiner gets pissed off with Jarrett and smacks him. Jarrett then wallets Steiner with a guitar and then Hugh Morris pins Scott Steiner. Yep. Well, I mean, so it, basically it, set up the pay-per-view yeah, match. Yeah, so you just set up a match here and then it, it down come with Misfits in action. I think it's not being called that yet, but yeah. Yeah, um, there's a the, well, obviously the grave. The, well, it's I don't think it's officially a graveyard match, but Sting meets up with Vampiro in the graveyard, mm. and it ends with Sting's hand poking out of the grave. I've not seen that one before. Oh yes, oh yes. Was it a graveyard match though? Well, it was a. Mash, it was a monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. I think they had one later on down the line, didn't they? But I think that was Vampire on the Demon at Bash of the Beach 2000. All uh, right. But yeah, yeah, was it another brother in pain? The Demon? Yeah. Oh, right. oh, oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. Fuck me. Big no. Bit. I can't, I can't wait for that bloody abomination. Oh, I can. <laughs> Next up, DDP versus Tank Abbott. Um, so this, if um, Tank wins, he gets to, he gets David Arquette in a match at the end of the show. Oh God, I remember his booking now. Oh dear. So um, fighting on the outside, and then uh, Jeff Jarrett. Clocks um, like DDP with like a glass bottle. Yeah. Like DDP stunned and then T, um, he gets like bloody 
drilled in the face by Abbott, <laughs> causing a technical knockout. It does, yeah. So DDP, your number one contender, loses to Tank Abbott. So Tank Abbott then gets a chance to wrestle David Arquette later on in the show. Yeah. Who, jumping well ahead, David Arquette beats Tank Abbott. Yeah. Right, okay. So you yep. basically killed off the man who's ready to face a returning Goldberg or hoping to face a returning Goldberg. Yep. So, oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Jobs to David Arquette, and that's why Goldberg tank happened on a night show and not on a pay-per-view. Mm. There's um, a match between Kevin Nash and Kidman. Um yeah, who comes out to attack uh, Kevin Nash during this. More interference, folks. Mm. It is the one and only Conan and Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I believe the first appearance by both of them since... Um, oh, certainly since of a podcast. I don't think you've ever appeared um, this year. Mm. Yeah. No, no, no. They said that, I think they said on commentary that they're out of contract. They're not, they don't work here anymore. I think... Ray Mysterio was just injured. I think Conan had actually walked out with the Radicals and Shane Douglas, if I remember rightly. Yeah, and uh, Vince but said, again, Max I'm Moon. not having Dean Douglas and Max Moon. Yeah, <laughs> Max Moon, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Who signed him? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the famous Raven one, isn't it? Yeah. Who yeah. signed him? <laughs> um, so in the end, Nash kills all, the three, all three of them. Crowd go wild for Big Kev, is he? He actually chases after uh, Ray Ray and Conan. Oh, is this the one where they try and have the vehicle move away and the vehicle didn't start? Yes. Yes, so they're all stuck there and Kevin Nash has to walk towards the truck and it goes to commercial and we have to film him beating him down then because it made no sense for Kevin Nash just to go, oh, well, okay, I'm just going to walk yeah, away now. Yeah, it's sort of like the van gets smashed up with Conan in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Jesus Christ. Tank Abbott versus David Arquette now. Um, Arquette gets sparked out by Tank. DDP comes out from behind to uh, Diamond Cut Tank. Page chucks Arquette on top of Tank for the win. One, two, three. Bye, Tank. Enjoy your winning three count. Um, main event on this show was um, Hulk Hogan versus Mike Awesome, which mm. WWF um, at Hogan's Peak, a similar opponent like Mike Awesome. What me? Been money? It would have been. I think I made the suggestion last month of uh, like Scott Steiner being the one that should be facing Hulk Hogan. You know, as like as a as an equivalent. I know Awesome hasn't got the mic skills, but he's better than Kidman. So I would have just done Awesome instead. But, you know. Wasn't um, Mike Awesome was a, a long distant relationship of a relation of Vogan, weren't it? He's a distant cousin, yes. I think he's yeah. like a, a second or third cousin. Yeah. So I'm surprised he didn't get more of a rub from Vogan being a brother, brother, cousin, cousin. Well, same that he gets for pin four here. Hmm. There's a lot of fuckery, though. I mean, it takes Kidman interfering, Hogan blades again. Yes. Um, I think Bischoff interferes. Uh, Yeah. Everyone interferes. 
Awesome gets the pin, which means Mike Awesome is now a super over wrestler. So with, with, with this one, Chris, here we go. So, so Awesome pins Hogan after Kidman interferes and smashes Hogan uh, with a chair and busts him open. Show ends with Hogan hitting Kidman, Awesome, sli- and Slick Johnson with a chair. Mm. A fan with a sting mask gets in, gets in the ring and just goes, oh shit, oh shit. Gets oh taken my. out by security, and then he gets he goes out, and then there's a bloodbath for Hogan. <sighs> All that happened in a minute and a half. That, that, that portion when the show was ending. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Do you remember the bit with the fan? I do know what you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. I say you. It was one of those rare ones. As you say, he came and went. Oh fuck! I actually got in. Now what do I do? Yeah, <laughs> it was the worst fan running ever. It's not like that one. Was he at the MEN Arena where Shawn Michaels twatted one? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, raw. I think I was there. Uh, of a guy who interfered in the Eddie Guerrero RVD ladder match on Raw that time and pushed the ladder over, but Eddie knows to land on his feet and kicks his ass as a result. Or even the fan that ran in uh, when Hogan turned here at Basher Beach '96. Yeah. At least they try to do something. This guy was just like, uh it's scary, it's scary, it's scary. <laughs> Next up, May 3rd, Thunder. We're almost there. It feels, sh- like it feels like we've covered about a year's worth of TV here, but yeah, this has only we've been only covered weeks, about people. three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking mad. Um, May 3rd, 2000, Thunder. A show full of New York's New York rules matches. So mm. this is uh, Jeff Jarrett versus Canyon. So they get to pick the drawn out with the opponent. I've got you tonight, Sting. Yeah. So this is also, Jeff, also no referees. Yeah, yeah. So um, Jeff Jarrett versus Canyon, The Wall versus Luger, Flair Kidman, DDP Vampiro, Awesome Sting, Steiner Hogan. No yep. rules, no refs. You win the match by counting your own pinfall. Yeah. As a as a concept, it sounded all right on paper, but without that referee there, it just it's very difficult to describe. They don't feel like actual matches, and I know in this area WCW most matches didn't feel like actual matches anyway. But here it. Lesser so. I wonder if the people in the crowd right now were just sat there thinking, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's. Uh, did he ever. He didn't ever do this gimmick again in um, TNA, did he, Russo? No, no, no. This was the only time we've ever d- tried these rules. Well, I, I, I suppose you have to try something, but they're very, mu- they're very much like. Just felt like angles, didn't they? Because every, they did, it, yeah, every, yeah. every, every, every match. Someone got involved. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, like in the opening match, for example, like Jeff Jarrett, your, you know, other number one contender, he gets pinned by Canyon, if I remember rightly, and he does. I mean, and it's not a proper pin because Canyon's doing his own pinfall, you know, and DDP interferes and all that shit. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know. Yeah, this is very much a night of angles. It's very, it's a very, very, very chaotic episode of. Thunder, and I said to you in a DM earlier on, it might be the most chaotic episode of a show, a wrestling show, I can ever think of. 
Yeah, there's there's so like I say, so much interference in these matches, and mm. uh, I think they've been Millionaires Club win like the bulk of them. I think they win something like six out of the seven matches. They do. Yeah, I'm going to scroll through now. Um, Luger uh, actually two. beats the wall. In a table match. Yeah, actually, uh, they win every single match. Yeah. So Luger beats the wall in a tables match, but that is through... He had um, the wall up in Iraq. Yeah. And yeah. not in the country. But um, Russo's there at um, commentary desk. He just gets his back whacked Luger. Yeah. And Luger just falls backwards with the wall. <laughs> and just drops the wall through a table for a win instead. Bit of a creative finish, but Jesus Christ. The bloody war, what the hell's happened to him the last month? He that that was his speciality match, the tables match. It was, I and mean, he now looks like a complete fucking jabroni. He's lost two in three weeks. Yeah, and then another another week he had a stack of tables falling on him. The table yeah. seems to have turned on him. Literally. But um uh, <laughs> so this isn't the this isn't it for the show, is it, Chris? No, there is not. a set a setup for a number one contenders battle royal uh, for the, be the number one contender, the Great American Bash. So it's a new blood versus uh, Millionaire Club and Friends Rumble. No, a mm. battle royal for this. Um, fucking hell! Um, everyone's in this ring to the point. Where people could not move in this no. ring. There's a reason why in a Royal Rumble you they always eliminate people instead of having thirty people in the ring at the same time because holy shit, you cannot do anything, you cannot do any spots whatsoever. And it's so boring to watch as a result. Yeah, there's there was points where I think Alamit come in, Alamit two thousand and this included him with big arms. Yeah. So, yeah, I know, you know, but I say, and, and he makes up four people to begin with, and then he, yeah, fucking hell. So there's him, there's Ahmed gets in, Stevie Ray gets in, they're all in the street clothes, yeah. as, as ever. Like, um, all, all the filthy animals come in, Mamelukes are in there, Norman Smiley's in there. It's supposed, to be, it's supposed to be 11 on 11, but like all the, like the established millionaires club against the established new blood, but people just start running in. Yeah, Doug, Duggan comes in as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he eliminates Tank Abbott. He does. So weird. The whole whole bloody thing. And like, yeah, in comes Bigelow and all that lot. And uh, one thing we'll throw out there, this is a fun fact for you. I believe this is correct. This match is the longest match uh, in WCW all year. It, it goes about, I've got the time here, it goes 19 minutes 27. I believe no other match goes as long as that. In all of uh, 2000 in WCW, believe it or not, even like the triple cage match we're going to look at later on was only 15 minutes. 15 minutes, yeah. Yeah, and and, and stuff like that. So yeah, this is a uh, yeah, and nothing happens for like literally 17 minutes of it because no fucker can move. No. And, you know, a couple of guys feuding with each other, like Sting and Vampiro, eliminate each other and all that shit. But the first notable thing really is uh, when we have a mystery man appearing. Oh, yeah. Here we go. So it, it shows a camera. Oh, there's another car. There's another limo turned up. Uh, fuck you, new blood. And mm. then out, out comes a pair of uh, leather chaps. Uh, it just like it just showed the camera uh, moving along with these uh, leather pair of legs. 
it's only Randy fucking Savage. It is. And I message you as soon as I'm watching it, I message you straight. It's Randy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> just to come out, um, like clear out, and then he just got over the top and fucked. Yeah, off. he just fucked off again. And that is it. That's him done in WCW. His final ever appearance. What? It's just crazy. But it doesn't end there. No, it doesn't. Because then Brett fucking Brett Hart comes out. Brett Hart comes out. <laughs> so he, he ends up smacking Hogan and then Brett leaves. And I think, yeah. that is that him done with WCW at this? No, actually. He does come back in the autumn. Right. He has a couple of things with Goldberg. He, he needs signing out, as it were. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so he's not done just yet. But yeah, it's absolutely nuts. And this is an episode of Thunder. I think there's like maybe 1,500 people in have shipped out Randy Savage and who, and, uh, and Bret Hart for these interference spots. It's absolutely mental. For, for angles, that meant nothing. I didn't go anywhere. Bret, Bret sort of meant a bit because it were, you know... Yeah, but, but there's never, but there's never the, any but, match. No, yeah, I, I want to say, say this is Bret Hart's final appearance and for a few months now. Yeah, easily. But... Don't end there. So it's left with um, who the fuck were it? Hogan, Kidman, Shane uh, Douglas, Shane Douglas, and, and Flair. Rick Flair. Yeah, yeah. So it um, ends up with what's his face? Um, oh, Rick Flair about. Bat it, batting Douglas. Yeah, yeah. Over the top ropes. Yeah, and Rick Flair. Bear this in mind now. Is now the number one contender and will face the world champion of a Great American Bash. Yeah. Bullshit. So that's not where this ends. This match, I, <laughs> even when this finishes, I just put a wild match with hundred things going on. Yep. Still to come, with about a minute and a bit in this show to go. Bischoff puts Hogan through a table. DDP and Jeff Jarrett fight on a scaffold. Who's this? Who walks out? David Arquette. Turns right and falls straight through the fucking stage. <laughs> now, this is the WWE Network being really fucking cruel here because this was actually edited out the original version. Yeah. They, they, they stuck with shit back in, and in all fairness to him, it's quite funny that they did it because I managed to like work around it really crudely at the time. They just suddenly had a shot of DDP and Jeff Jarrett up on the scaffold, and suddenly the next thing you know, DDP was through it. Oh, we, you know, tune into Slambury. But we didn't actually show Arquette going through. He misstepped. I think the story goes because Asia was somehow in this match. Remember Asia? Asia? Do, yeah, not. yeah, they do. And and Asia accidentally stepped into a bit of the scaffold as well, or or, or a bit of the uh, diving pad where DDP was supposed to go. Yeah. So she did. She did it. Then David Arquette stepped into it even more, just completely ruined the whole stunt. And um, and yeah, did they just had to improvise? And DDP went flying through. Is um, yeah. Bloody in fact, hell! In fact, I've got I've got this quote here from Wrestling Observer because obviously I'm going through DDT Digest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it says the show was to end with a stunt where DDP and Jarrett were fighting on a scaffold or ladder. The idea was Arcade would hit Jarrett with a guitar and he'd take the bump through the gimmick part of the stage. So Jarrett was supposed to go through it. The only mm. problem was that Asia accidentally stepped into the gimmick part after she was eliminated, so everyone could see it. Then Arquette also stepped on into it and actually fell in, as we saw him fall flat on his ass. So DDP and Jarrett had to improvise. DDP took the took the bump instead. 
Yeah, yeah. I think they said that. Oh, Jarrett's chucked him off the uh, scaffold, but he never even showed it. No, never we didn't. It. No. WCW. <laughs> There's a reason why people voted for this uh, for the uh, year we got off go through. It, it's still in people's minds and hearts all this time, maybe for the wrong reasons, but you know. Yeah. Well, people yeah, still talk about it to this day, like we do. Yeah. I was saying on like Twitter, like Glass Old Dams t- talked a lot about it, and you know, like with different gifts and that. I think yeah, yeah, cheap, yeah. cheap Shop sticks up a few, like. Gifts from this time, it's yeah, he it does. Yeah, it's, it's a laugh. It is. It, it, I think at the end of the day, we sort of know it's a bit shit. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I can know. Do we still be 2000, ladies and gentlemen? Shall we get into slamboree anyway? We'll um, we'll try and rifle through this because it is a school night, it is indeed. Yep, uh, so slamboree 2000, May 7th. Two hours, 50 minutes and 31 seconds. A bit mm-hmm. longer, this one. 20 minutes longer. Yep. In all fairs, um, that's because the matches here go a bit longer than what we did last time. Mm. So uh, this is from the famous Kemper Arena. Mm. Mm. The old um, Owen Hart building. Correct, yes, which uh, comes into play later on with the ending stunt. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one as well. Uh, apparently, so... Apparently, ticket sales for this were doing really well, you know, for the arena, you know, because of the whole reboot, people were excited. Apparently, as soon as David Arquette won the title, uh, they didn't sell anything more than like another 75 tickets. And you, and you can actually see, I'm not sure if I noticed it now because I'm just observing it, or I just didn't notice it when I used to own this on VHS. But yeah. a lot of those wide shots, if you look to the right, that whole right side of the arena is completely empty. Yeah, they've only got to, um, two thirds of the lower tier of the arena open, and they do a good job shooting around it, so it still looks impressive. But fucking hell, I think there can't be more than five thousand people there. I, I will, I will say though that the I think on one of my notes, like the crowd, even like six six matches in, well into it, they were they were they were quiet. I'm not I, sure. If they were piping in sound, they might have been on like the. It felt like it in places. I was hearing noise and I wasn't seeing the motion from the crowd as a result. Like they were up for like the main event and all that, but there were a couple of times where I was just like, hmm, WWE's going to take notes of this and do this in 20 years' time. Yeah. Um. So on commentary, the um, the three man team of uh, Madden. Um, Hudson and Shivani for this one, as ever. I mean, uh, I, 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 I like Scott Hudson. In all fairness, he, he, he was he was all right. He wasn't the greatest commentator, but you've got Mike Stone, Bobby Heenan on on contracts. Use so, them, yeah, so um, much better. To be honest, Tanay Heenan and um, Shivani were great together. Yeah, yeah they, they, they were a fantastic trio, and yet you bring in fucking Mark Madden instead. Ugh. He's Not shite cool. again here, by the way. Oh, he Absolutely is. Absolutely terrible. There's, there's somebody sexual innuendo jokes, isn't there? What, yeah, he, uh, yeah. He's got his lines written down again. I, I was going to say, he's rehearsed those ablibs, as, as Mike Tanay put it in the uh, Joint Slam uh, Super Bowl 2000. Jesus H. Anyway, uh, first match, it's the artist, the uh, piss artist uh, <laughs> versus 
Uh, Chris Candido for the WCW Cruiserweight title. What did you think? Um, I was enjoying it, and then they massively blew some spots, and the whole thing fell on its ass. Yes. I think this is the first and only time that even the WCW crowd started chanting, you suck at both of them. Yeah. Um, so I think if you notify me about this, and I'm thinking, oh, where's that? I wonder where's the point they actually goes to tits because, like you said, it's a it's an half decent match to start yeah. off with. Yeah, if this was, um, so I think Candido was trying to, no, Prince I K tried to come off the top rope with a flying sunset flip. Yeah, and... so it was like a roll, a flying yeah. roll up thing, but yeah. he to- totally missed him. It did, yeah, because it was supposed to be like then Candido involves him up and he missed him by miles. So Ike just basically stumbled with no subtlety whatsoever about six steps back into a roll up. Yeah. So Candido could get him and like the fans were just not having a bit of it whatsoever. So so that was the first bit. And, and then the next bit was so there's an inevitable cat fight that goes on uh, between yeah. uh, Tammy and Paisley. Um, Paisley hits Ikea with the um, with a chair, and I think Candido does a. Um, I, I, I think he does like DDT and goes for a pin. He does a pile driver and um, a oh yes, headbutt. Yes, oh yes, yeah, oh he did. Gets the pin except. Oh yeah, um, ref it balls is up, doesn't it? One, yeah, the, 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 the ref balls is up the count. The music starts playing. Tammy, because she hears the music, then walks in, gets thinking in that's ring, it. Yeah. She gets in the ring. And the rest like, no, not not yet, get out. I mean, she's like, gets out. Candido then does like a power driver again. You know, no heat whatsoever now. Gets for pin. Then Tommy's back inside again. This is this match was the dictionary definition of a match four and apart. Fucking hell. What do we, well? What do you go rating wise on this? Now I've 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 done. Uh, I'm trying to think now. Is this an overall weight rating or like a three um, quarters of the match? I'm I'm gonna be a bit fairer to it. I'm gonna count the last two minutes as just a bad day in the office, and I'm gonna go one and a half because it was an all right match before that, but the ending was just too much of a shit show to ignore it. Two point seven five. I went really. I thought. I thought. Like I said, I thought the first bulk of the opening was very good. Okay, like, it went a bit. Went a bit to tits. Maybe I was influenced then, but yeah, it, there was just too much towards the end where I could not ignore it. I don't think. I'll tell you what, I couldn't ignore. What's that? Like, you know, Sonny's dress. Sorry to, but you know about. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, this is going to be the, one of my notes. Yeah, the, the, the bra and panties combo. I mean, two notes. Very, first very, is, much, very much Bridget Jones. Yes, I mean, my first, my two notes go be, first of all, where she like does like a little bit of a strip tease before the match, um, she somehow, she brings her like top up a bit so she can basically see underneath and it's basically what she's wearing is basically like a pair of spanks or I'll tell you what it is. Um, you see advertising like petrol stations now and all that lot on on like in, in motorway services, these like um spandex type pants where yeah. if you if you fat, um it's if there's no scent that comes out instead. I, I don't know why I've invented these sorts of things to try and stop farts from smelling, but yeah, she was wearing a pair of them. 
Yeah, no, it did seem a bit like that. Or or as well, like, but like so what I used to do at um at high school when it was PE, so I'd wear me like the PE kit under me under underneath me uniform. Okay. <laughs> uniform, yeah. But so I didn't did... have to get uh, you, you did, all like fatty, fatty, fat, fat, fatty, fatty, fat, fat. I guess you did like the old like Greg Valentine of a mid nineties sort of deal, did you? Always wearing a t shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it all warm that day, anyway. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't want to get the you know the, the towel around me like fucking um, Ooter off the Simpsons. <laughs> Stop! I'm full of chocolate. <laughs> Well, it wouldn't have been chocolate back then. It would have been more Haribo, like you know, the one pound like yes. big bottle Haribo. Oh yeah, yeah, that that was good stuff. Fucking hell! I just spent I, that was me dinner, Haribo bottles and ch- cans of cherry coke. Good man. I usually no wonder I'm a fat fucker. Somehow I had a diet of Mars bars and Dr Pepper, and look at me now. Oh yeah, hench. Saying that I'm eating minstrels at the minute, this sort of goes against the uh, sort of gym diet, but I've had a rough day, so yeah. No, no, you de- you deserve it. I mean, I've already spent 100 quid on a wing mirror. What's another two quid on a bag of minstrels? Second match now um, Norman Smiley versus and, uh, Norman Smiley and Mystery versus Terry Funk for the WCW hardcore title. Um, Terry Funk casts um, the security, Doug Dillinger and friends. Where's Norman? And they all point bog. Yeah, same thing again. So it's again. Same, same like setup as last time. Yeah, it's but, funny. And the smiley thinking that this time it'll work. That was quite funny. Yeah, but, it's but like rampus in it. Yeah. So what I find very funny, we didn't really discuss this during the TV um, walkthrough because fucking hell, we had a lot to get through. But we had Ralph appear in that handicap match with Norman Smiley against Crowbar and Nitro before, and it was really. Yeah, this fit. is where he was dressed up like a bloody. Um, fucking mascot weren't it, it was I, I think it was a panda or something and even under the panda guys it was like yeah that's chloe ralphus but you've <laughs> if, if, if the way he stood with his like his his bloody gut van is motionless it's clearly i remember you from the jericho days it's clearly you ralphus get the fuck out of here um what did you think of this not um, as good it, as last time i thought it's a match of two halves um the bits with uh, Funk and Smiley exclusively were good. All the other stuff with Ralph was absolute trash. And I'm just glad the camera didn't cut to uh, the other angle when Terry Funk pulled his pants <laughs> down or up somehow on the ropes. The, every, they all could all see that, couldn't they? Bloody Madden and, and them. Yeah, yeah. Full moon tonight. It was a yeah full moon tonight in Kemper Arena. Jesus Christ. Um, there were a lot of bad like bin shots, weren't there, as well? Yeah, yeah. This was a lot more, like last month felt a lot more well-balanced and, and a lot more fun because it went into different areas for us this time because they're working around Valfa, so basically just literally chucking weapons at each other mm. and like really weak like um, shots with like chairs and all that lot. And yeah, yeah, it didn't really do as well for me this time as it did last month. Um, near the end of this as well, you had a Ralphus big wiggle, um, mm. fuck chairs him. This got a pop from the crowd. You got to it say. did it all first. That that was funny. Um, so it ended up with like um, with Funk rolling up Smiley to retain. What did you I, give it? I love how Ralphus didn't even get to do the job. Amazing. Um, this time, hmm. 
I'm going to go two stars, I reckon. Well, I was going to say it was in uh, Ralphus's contract, um, Section 11 5E. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't lose, do the job. Creative control clause, yeah. Like I said, for, for Ralphus stuff, okay, a bit of it was amusing, but bloody hell. You had to suffer for your art watching that one, but it was it was perfectly good, you know, other than that. Two and a half. Okay. But I'm getting closer. But to say last time, I gave it three and a quarter. Yeah, yeah, but there was a definitely drop down in in um, in grades here. Match three: Sean Stacey versus uh, Kurt Ennig. Hmm. It's it's just a match, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very very weird one because this is about the cleanest match you'll ever see mm. in the in the Russo Bischoff era of WCW, and. Fucking hell, this is fucking dull. Mm. It's yeah. not it's not terrible. It's just nobody gives a shit. I don't give a shit watching it. The wrestlers don't give a shot shit. I mean Kurt Enig's clearly on a I'm doing the job face sort of going on. The audience don't care. And it's two, I, as, as what, what what do they say? Two very good professional wrestlers having a very professional wrestling match. Yeah, yeah. It's this sort of one that the boys admire because they don't have to do as much, you know. If they don't have to do any flips, and no one has to go through a table. Which, if they're good at that, then they're good at that. But at the end of the day, one of these competitors here is Sean Stasiak. So, what can you do? And and the other one is Mr. Perfect, who hasn't been right since he came back from his back injury in 1996 or whenever the hell it was. There's sort of a thing during the match where I think Perfect gets. Back body drags on his back, and, and the, I was half expecting, you know, like how they were with shoot comments to mention these Lords of London. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised I didn't do that. I've done something, but it was just a series of moves here, and yeah, I and mean, then the big one is um, Stasiak uh, finishing off Hennig with a perfect plex. Yes. He's already busted that one out, so it wasn't even a shock. So, yeah. What do we go? Uh, I mean, I'd probably say one and a half because it's nice to have that clean finish, but oh god, dull, 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 dull. One point seven five. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Next up, fourth match now: Hugh Morris versus Scott Steiner, U.S. title. Mm. I, I know it's Hugh Morris has a rip off of um, the zoos, um, uh, you know. Um, uh, fucking Mike Awesome. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's another Jimmy Hart special in terms of ripping people off. Yeah. Uh, this so, is a match, um, by the way. Oh, yeah, sorry. Was, it gets on the mic, doesn't it? Yes, he does. He said, uh, the fucking, they thought I was a joke or something, giving us Hugh Morris as a name. Mm. Is that I'm supposed to be go- funny? Yeah. I'm going to go now by my real name, Hugh G. Rection. Captain Rection. The short. And I'm thinking, actually, Hugh G is less letters. It, actually, Hugh G is the short one. So, you know, Captain Rection's the longer version, if I'm being very pedantic. Yeah. Huge erection. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy, in all fairness. Yeah. Yeah, he's a twat. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
But fucking hell. To be honest, I will say back that back at this time, I thought Hugh Morris wasn't a bad worker. For for a guy his size and um, his limited ability, he did manage to crack out a few decent moves to him. He probably shouldn't be training like a whole new generation of wrestlers <coughs> upon his retirement or anything like that. But, you know, I thought it was perfectly all right. Mm. I, liked, I liked his role when he was like with... Um, Jimmy Hart in that weird little stay with Brian Hobson and Jerry Flynn in like late night nine and stuff like that. That was that was suitable for him. But yeah, this because he gets a huge push this year as well, doesn't he? He does, yeah. They, they try and push him as the next Jim Duggan, mm. which is really fucking bizarre. Definitely not the level he should be at, but me, we'll, we'll, we'll Duggan, get to that. Give me Duggan over a view, Morris, any day. Absolutely. Oh, oh. And uh, Madden on commentary um, references that um, um, Hugh uh, Retchen is working stiff in here. Uh, great. Nice one, Mark. Um, there's um, bits where it's like Steiner's um, lasses, Shakira, Shakira, and uh, Madeja, Madeja, um, you know, catch you on the um, on like the um, ring ropes. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, like crotch is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh um, god, I'm a, yeah. There's a bit with them coming up in a minute, isn't it? As well. Oof. Yeah, so that there's the um, no laughing matter. Um, no, no, the Rection Tombstone, which was fucking excellent. Yes, it, that was a it, great move. He literally went perpendicular mm. in Steiner. Um, oh god, the no laughing matter. What's it called? Oh, there's a oh. new name, isn't there? Somehow Mark Madden knew that the name, the new name of his movie, though he just announced the uh, his name change without warning anyone, is called The Raging Climax. I'm sure a WrestleMania had that tagline. It did, I think WrestleMania 15. 15. It did, 15, yeah. The Raging Climax, yeah. Correct, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sticking <laughs> WrestleMania taglines now, great. Yeah, but he he tries to hit this, and then Steiner just like rolls out of the way. But Hugh Morris's legs like sort of catch him. It doesn't roll away fast enough, and yeah, he, and Steiner literally bounces off the mat. It's like a power ball or something like that, just like boing. And because yeah. that's never finished, Steiner has to basically completely no sell the fuck out of it and goes straight to a Steiner reclining. Though in actuality, he's probably bicep. It probably feels like it's about to hang off or something. Yeah. So um, it ends up with like Booker out at the end of the match to attack Steiner. They sort of end up having a mm. long feud in mm. WCW, even like to the end, last show mm. they ever did. Yeah, Steiner has pulled off huge erection. Sorry. <laughs> what what did you go on this match anyway, Chris? No fairness, I I quite like this match. Uh, I, I gave this one two stars. I've I, I, I thought, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I, I thought they worked really well together. Two stars. Yeah, yeah. So this is the same as Buddy Norman and Terry Funk. Two stars. Yeah, but then, then again, saying that, that's because Ralphus is in it, so it's not really. You give me that look. Why? What did you give it? Was it half a star? Was it? No, you know, all the way up. Three and a quarter. Three and a quarter. Okay, okay really, right. Really good match, this. Interesting, interesting. I, 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 together, Stein, Stein, I, I, Stein is 
fucking mint, mint in this. He is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in in my defense, it was just a sort of a, a non-match anyway. Um, so a non-match. It was sort of it wasn't very much without much stakes to it. So I probably wasn't into it as much as I could have been. I mean, in, in my version of three and a quarter stars is about to come up in a minute. So mm, yeah, um, yeah. I would, yeah. Fifth match, Mike Awesome and Canyon. Yeah, I thought. Till the interference in this one from old big Kev again. Yeah, yeah. Um, you would de- generally go three, three and a quarter. I looked yeah. at grapple at this morning, just a little while we're finishing the pay per view off, and it's just over three stars on there. Mm, yeah, so so you know, go right ahead with me. You know, this is a three and a quarter match, and that's only because there's that massive. Well, it doesn't end, you know, the match. It just basically, Kerry Nash runs out, well, slowly walks out, I should say, and then all hell breaks loose. But I'll get into that bit in a minute. Mm. But apart from that, um, easily a fantastic match, you know. Mike Awesome and Canyon as well, they might not have the promo skills, but they could really go in the ring and they just work so well together. And they really went for it as well, you know, like Awesome, like diving onto the outside, and 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 Canyon getting in is like spinning neck breakers and all that shit as well. And probably in terms of actual in ring work, these might be I up there with some of my favourites around this era of WCW. Mm. Like them, like Lance Storm, like uh, DDP and Scott Steiner. Thinking on top of my head, oh, and Booker as well. You know, one of my, my favourites in terms of the actual in ring ability. And again, it's WCW 2000, so it wasn't that much of a bar to. Uh, go above but you know here if these two were great and it's a shame we had to have the swerve next one because i would have loved to have a rematch between these two at some point yeah there, there was a big like smosh finish with like new blood and uh millionaires club brawling like millionaires club brawl <clears> top again um it wasn't so- even that to begin with so i think i alluded to this earlier on so kevin nash is the one that comes down because he's still allegedly feuding with mike awesome yeah um and then when it's just Kevin Nash in the ring alone on his own, outruns the whole basically A team apart from yeah. Jarrett. So Van Pere and Kidman, and I want to say Shane Douglas runs out there as well. They do, yeah. And they all get their ass kicked by Kevin Nash. And so you're saying these other guys were really want to pull over later on, but all three of them combined can't even run through Kevin Nash. Uh, and now you're supposed uh, to think these guys are the next big thing. Apart when like Nash gets low blow like a couple of times in these segments, he's always on top. He is, yeah. And I don't get why in this instance they didn't just get out like free count or bloody remove some Bischoff security because they appeared earlier on uh, after the the uh, Rexion Steiner match. Why are you having your A team going out there and looking like absolute jabroners? I tell you who's been quiet on this. Talking to free, free counting young dragons. How they been seen? No, I don't think they've appeared at all in the last three months. No, no, they haven't. No, no you're right. But, but they end up relying on them in a couple of months, which we'll get to in a couple of months. Um, yeah. So match number six now, Luger versus Bagwell. Um, I'd put it makes a change. Luger being in his gear instead of his uh, mm. best Burton's pants. 
again, you know, it's in incredible shape. And if I had a body like that, I wouldn't object. But you can sort of tell he's getting a bit knackered as well mm-hmm. in his face area. There's going to be a lot of bloat going on very soon. He looks terrible during his, the WWE days. Let's just say that. Uh, as far as this match goes, though, I feel like Buff Bagwell and Lex Luger faced each other on pay-per-view about three times a year from 1996 onwards. So mm. here it is again. I, I, I swayed between with a rating here. One and a quarter to one and a half. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I, 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 I'll, I'll stick with one and a half. There was Did a manoeuvre manoeuvre in this, Chris, where Buff Bagwell put on the limpest camel clutch you'll ever know mm. or ever yeah. see. You like because he's too busy going to the camera and buffing and the stuff, and it's just like, oh, at least grip his chin slightly. Yeah. Just yeah. do something, Buff, for fuck's sake. It's, it's shite, absolute shite. Um, with this, Liz knocks Russo off um, off his chair and backs him. This is in the back. Yes, yeah. So it comes down, Liz hits Bagwell with the bat, Luger racks baggers for the uh, for the victory. Submission. I'm surprised Bagwell did a clean, well, a relatively clean job here. I always oh. thought Bagwell was the worst. But then... Here, co- here comes in a reenactment of the Sean Stacey app, Mr. Perfect feud. It's another doppelganger. It's Chuck Palumbo <clears throat> uh, attacking Luger after the bell. It's nice trying to put someone new over, but so Palumbo's in Luger's gear as well. Yeah. And you look at someone like Luger and you look at someone like Palumbo, who don't get me wrong, he's in really decent shape, but he looks he like is, a guy, yeah. he looks like an absolute twig compared to Lex Luger, and it's a bit embarrassing for him. Skinny to be legs, a, weren't he? Yeah, yeah, to being put in that position because he does not look like the next generation of Lex Luger. He really doesn't. Not not in looks anyway. Question: He's not. Is he alive? Chuck Palumbo. Yeah, he he retired and um, he does up choppers now. You know, like the motorbikes. All right. He, he was doing that between his two stints in WWE. Remember, he came back doing the sort of like weird, sort of Undertaker gimmick, but not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was because that was his job as well. And then, then he, I believe he still does that to this day. I will have that. Is, a, is a that quick that really strange two thousand and three run? <laughs> No, it's strange 2008 one where he was... Um, 2008? With, uh, where he was feuding with Jamie Noble for six months for some reason. Right. On SmackDown. It was like the most late 2000s SmackDown feud ever. Personal life. Um, other endeavours. Oh, yes, he runs a business called KP Customs where he builds his own motorcycles as well as repairing and customising cars and motorcycles. Could have done with him today for my uh, wing mirror, to be fair. Oh, and apparently he's also co-hosted a couple of shows on Discovery Channel as well. Against do with cars and all that shit. Right. Yeah. Oh, and he plays in the band as well. Good on him. Good on him. Yeah, he, but he got productive with his midlife crisis, clearly. Certainly did, doing car rescue on Discovery Channel. Mm. Um, next up, there's actually um, a promo here with uh, Shane Douglas more and more looking like Norman Pace. Yeah. Uh, He's had a shave as well as the fran- franchise. He probably shouldn't have bothered. He looks a bit tubby here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't suit him. He suits better with a beard, a bit of a stubble. No. He, he definitely looks like he works in a Walmart now with, with that look. Yeah. Um, 
this is Shane Douglas's big moment, isn't it? The thing he's been wanting for seven, eight years because he whined about it a lot and is being rewarded here, even though he's absolutely shite. Yeah, it's the seventh match. It's Shane Douglas, on, otherwise known as Gene. I'm not Shane Douglas. I'm the franchise. Uh, versus Ric Flair. Um, this is the point in, in, in my notes I did say, oh, I thought crowd's still up for this. Um mm. The crowd got back alive after with that torture act from Lex Luger in all fairness. Yeah. They're still popping for the big fit for, for the uh, great hits from all the uh, older guys. What did you think of this, though? Um, it was all right, actually. Um, it was a typical Ric Flair sort of half assed sort of match. A lot of like uh, brawling on the outside going on. Um, a really weak bloody figure four leg lock from Shane Douglas at one point. Yeah. In, in fucking hell. That was terrible. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was... And, and, and the finish as well was a bit shit, you know, because Ric Flair, you know, one contender um, uh, loses to Shane Douglas for some reason. No idea why. But other than that, I couldn't really complain much about a match. That's, that's Russo in the sting mask. You could tell straight away that wasn't Russo. He was about six inches taller for one thing. And he's walking around really awkwardly as though as though he's a child in a nativity play. He's doing like a deer in the headlights. It could only ever be David Flair. Yeah. You know, fucking all-star all wrestling's own David Flair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think those dates against James Mason. You're right there, child in a nativity play. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he ends up, um, you know, interfering, costing um, what's him a bob, Ric Flair, the match. Yeah. And I put it just like bag of shite. Um, Russo then had, I suppose, had five minutes with Flair. Um, big Kev comes out and he put seems like the biggest ass kicker on this roster, mm. the amount of runnings he does. And then um, it all ends with Daphne Love. Low, another low blow. It's uh, so bizarre. So Kevin Nash has been standing tall all night. Then when he comes goss against David Flair, Vince Russo and Daphne, three non, I was going to say non-wrestlers, but you, you know what I mean, you know, yeah. not not known for their wrestling per se. And standing he gets laid tall. out by those three instead. When Vampiro and all that were diving about for him, literally the last segment beforehand. Yeah. It's oh. funny more than anything. It's unbelievable when you read it on paper, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Absolutely nuts. It's like um, e, it's like the EWR, you know, auto mode or, or TW, I should say, has gone fucking nuts. It, it's 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 like one of Kristen Lane's scenarios. It's all it's all gone haywire, and he should probably fix the data a bit. Well, well, his um, EWR scenario for that pro progress title, bloody hell, two out of three have come right. The, the, yeah. we're, hanging on the, we're hanging on the third one with uh, Bestie and McAteer doing the finger point. Nine, ring the bell, ring the bell. <laughs> Gene won his favour. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Imagine, could... imagine if that happened. He's going to win Super Strong Star 16, but... Yeah, but, but you know. if, they, if one of them got involved, the one of the two, two mm. old... On the plus side, no one gives a shit, so... So there's no reason to care. It'll be a laugh. It will be, yeah. Uh, a couple of chatbot tweets, but apart from that, you're like, yeah, whatever. 
Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure the 250 people are there all weekend will enjoy that one. How many do you think? Uh, sorry to go off topic, but uh, how many do you think they'll draw for Super Strong Style 16 over the three days? Um, so I put this vote up the other week. Yeah, I was in so intrigued. Like, who draw more, Progress Three Days or Wes? I, 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 I think. Um... In terms of the attendance, on average over three days, I think we average about 500. It's one of those where it's an advantage that it's on a bank holiday weekend, but it's also a disadvantage, so everything would be fucking expensive to travel down to. Jubilee weekend, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really funny because uh, I said a couple of years ago, I'd, I'd, I'd vowed to go back to a super strong style 16 if I went back to electric ballroom, but no, nah, not now. No. Not, not, not bothered. Can't Absolutely. be asked more than anything. Mm. Anyway, um, final rating on that match? Um, one and three quarters. One and a quarter. Okay, I've gone high on that one. Bet about time. Eighth match now. Mm-hmm. Match number fucking 650 in the feud already. It's Vampiro versus Sting. It's only um, been three weeks. <laughs> Oh, what state of this one? Literally, be was it the tenth of May? Oh no, seventh of May. It's literally been what twenty-seven days since it started feuding, and this is already about the fourth or fifth match. Fourth or fifth match, yeah. It's like WWF levels, and now you know where yeah. they have a, like a best of seven mm. uh, every feud. Um, some of the f- signs that made me laugh in this uh, crowd. Someone with a sign in the crowd: "Laxative Luger," <laughs> and uh, Swedish said. Poor Sid. What did he, he's not even there. <laughs> um, bit of a one-sided thump in this, I thought, Chris. It was. With, a, a, as I said earlier on, a weird thing where Vampiro's only moves involved hitting Sting with a lead pipe. That seemed to have the effectiveness of a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Well, ne- not even that. Just like bonk and like Sting might go, ow. But apart from that, it didn't actually do any damage to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the end, Sting gets Vampiro with a pipe. Mm. Scott, death drop, times two. One, two, three. Sting wins easy. My one main takeaway from this one, which I found quite funny, is how they clearly taped up an area of a ramp. That might as well said, Canyon's landing here. So yeah. when, when they brought on the outside, for some reason, can't think why, they walked about 20 steps back so they could do a bit of a brawl without breaking anything and we walked back again. Mm. So I thought that was funny. Match itself, I actually didn't mind this. The lead pipe stuff was really silly and I'd rather have had the match without the lead pipe, but it was fine. And uh, Vampire got jobbed the hell out, which I always like to see, so can't complain. Two stars. Two stars. Yeah. For me as well. Um, but uh, I think, as I said earlier, I'm just thinking after this, after this match was how the fuck this feud's going on for months. I've got no idea. Sting gets set on fire next month if it helps. But how we how Sting's not even going piss off? I was, not... I was thinking when they were going up um, the stage, was like, oh, is this the part where he gets chucked off? But it's a nitro that in it. No, but it's a specific Human Torch match. A Great American Bash. Rock ah. Yes. That's next time. Next month. Speaking I'm, of things, I'm, we'll also see next month. Billy oh, Kidman yes. against Hulk Hogan. 
Billy Kidman versus Hulk Hogan, or is it Terry Belaya? Who knows? No, uh, it, it, it's Stone Cold there. Hollywood Belaya. Yeah, so um, I thought crowd were into this again. It's, they were really up for it. They really went to see Hogan. Trolls again. Yeah, they did. It was another basic Hogan match, and you know what? It worked. It, I, I I appreciated it after all the bollocks elsewhere that I've seen. It's it's like a, a new version of a Hogan match because now they've got to have tables in every single Hogan match, and he doesn't actually bleed this time. In a, in all fairness to him, he does. Does he? Yes. Oh well, so, I might as well. So so um like obviously they have the whipping bit at like yeah. halfway through. Um, Hogan knocks out Bischoff, leg drops Kidman, but no count. Mm. Bischoff gets back in, and then Kidman chairs Hogan like off the um, oh yeah, off the top rope. Yeah, and that's got, right. And you can you can see him straight away doing the old fucking like, in his jean pocket. Job. Like, where's it gone? Where's it gone? Fuck, <laughs> fuck brother. Um, so they're rolling back in one two. Hogan kicked out. He mm. shows up, he's blooded, blooded again. Yeah. Well, eventually... Um, you already mentioned Bischoff's a guest referee, by the way. Yeah, Bischoff's guest. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I've actually mentioned that. Oh, no, I did, I did, I did. Did you? Oh, fair uh, enough, fair enough. So, um, Olgan ends up powerbombing uh, Bischoff through a table. Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, Kidman gets pinned. Well, uh, Kidman, I think he low-blows Hogan, puts him on a table, and he flies through a table himself. Yeah. And then Hogan just pins him from there. It's basically the falling with style, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. Gets, it well, gets pinned for the free. Well, um, you know what? Really enjoyed this one. What you go? Uh, 2.34. 2.5. Yeah, okay. Oh, I'm, I'm getting more generous now. No, I, I just think... The Hogan formula felt like a bit of a relief from all the bloody other bollocks that we've had elsewhere so far in the Russo Bischoff era and just WCW 2000 in general. I mean, this is, I think this is why we praised the uh, Lex Luger matches so much because it was just, it was nice to see something uh, pertaining to a normal wrestling match going on. Yeah. I, th- I think we've come across on this uh, on this, on this this month's episode that we're actually liking um, Stone Cold Terry Belaya, aren't we? I, I do like it, to be fair. And, and it's it's funny now in hindsight and all that lot, but it was a good character for him to play. It, it worked well in the context of WCW 2000. It's what he needed. He he couldn't continue being the yellow and red, and, and not here. Even though he still has the American made. And I've always thought that was a decent theme song as well. I don't care what anyone says. It's like real American, but on all the steroids. I, I like it. I like it. Shall, shall we get into match 10? Triple Cage. Yep. Okay. Um, Arquette, Jarrett, DDP. This is basically David Arquette trying to keep out of the way. Yeah, and failing quite often. Yeah. Get yeah. out of the way, Dave. Yeah, David Arquette was dressed like Elvis for some reason. Um, I only say that because I went to see uh, Elvana the other week, which is uh, Nav- uh, fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. If anyone doesn't know, that's the Nirvana tribute band funded by Elvis Presley. 
Right. And and like what one of Elvis's costumes was exact exactly the same as well the the tribute act sorry to Elvis to the exact same as what David Arquette was wearing here for some reason. Yeah. What what did they do? Just all the Nirvana songs, is it? What they did if they did Nirvana songs, but then they'd cut into Elvis songs played like Nirvana songs. Yeah. And and, and sometimes they then like just do Nirvana um, Elvis songs separately, but again in like the grunge style. Really good fun. I do recommend when we get down to Manchester somewhere like that, I'd, I'd check it out, yeah. Probably be, I think, like the Albert Hall. Yeah, they've had that on before. Um, I, I reckon for more of, of a gorilla-type sort of audience, I'm going to have a look now for you, just to see if there's anything going on. But yeah, um, so yeah, he, he he's dressed like Elvis for some reason, and yeah, we've got the Ready to Rumble Triple Cage match here. Oh, they're playing Hangar 34, if you're interested. Oh, in in Liverpool. Yeah, is that, yeah, yeah. Is that around GCW time? No, it's not. It's November eighteenth. Yeah, unlucky. Oh, or oh, Sheffield Leadmill, December 9th, I might go to actually. Probably be short before then Leadmill. Probably, it? yeah. Oh, 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 fuck me! You're correct. The Albert Hall. <laughs> Albert Hall. When, when's that? January twenty seventh. Uh, obviously twenty twenty three. Oh, I've got actually some at booked in January. Yeah, it's a Friday night. Jumping twenty seventh. Yes. Fuck's sake. Is that the one day? One day, yeah, I'm out. Fucking hell, really? I'm going watching um, uh, Gary Delaney, who's a comedian at the Berry Met. Okay, fair enough. We've we've seen him. We've seen him before. um, Gary Delaney's uh, Mm. Sarah Sarah Millican's husband. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought I've heard the name before. And he's fucking. He's funny. One of the funniest comedians I've ever seen. Hmm. I mean, there's other dates for Alvana here. There's like they're playing Leeds February 25th, and there's options there. Oh, I, mean, I might give that uh, give that a whirl. Give mm. that a whirl. Anyway, I'd, I'd have gone to the Sheffield one, but that's right in World Cup season. So yeah, I'll be yeah. watching football instead. Anyway, triple cage. Yes, triple cage. Um, Since we're already two hours in here. Um, so yeah, this is for Ready to Rumble one. David Arquette's trying to stay the hell out of the way. And you know what? This I thought this was a really, really decent match. Yeah. That, I'd give it three stars myself. I went three and a quarter. In my mind, this is the second best match all year in WCW. And I think some of star ratings as I go along, if someone's keeping count, I might contradict myself. But... Is that under Steiner Goldberg, the Halloween Abbott? Was it really that obvious? Yes. That is the best. That is, that is the best match. You are dead on. Yes. Yeah. At, at Fallbourne uh, 2000, that is the best match of the year. In my mind, this is the second best. It's it's not bad. You just, it, it, in a way, you sort of knew what Arquette were going to be doing. Once he got up to the top of Cage, you know. You oh, just, yeah, yeah. But I'd say he was just going to stand there and, and let DDP go through. Like, oh, yeah, my friend. Hooray, let's celebrate together. That was never going to happen. I think everyone saw it coming. Even though Shivani called it the ultimate swerve, just like, well, where have you been? It's bloody obvious what he was going to do. It's fucking swerve every bloody minute, Shivani. Yeah, yeah. It would have been a swerve for him not to have swerved. A triple swerve. But yeah. yeah Mike um, Awesome comes out as well. Hmm. Oh, yeah, for, for the stunt at the end. Um, so this is one way he chucks Canyon off, off the cage. Literally almost a year to the day after Owen Hartfeld was death in the same arena. I know. Mm, not appropriate, really, for being honest with you. 
No. Especially, especially since it doesn't especially, go anywhere. Canyon especially, well, especially as well, same, same match, same match. It happens in is it's fucking Owen's mate Jarrett. It is, yeah, and same Booker. Same Booker. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting decision there, definitely. But then again, I'm not going to defend Russo, but he probably just forgot about the whole thing and he was just thinking about, oh, yeah, how can I swerve people? How can I get people to watch Nitro? Oh, I'll have Canyon pretend he's broken his back. That'll get everyone to not watch Steve Austin on the Rock and Mirror channel. Was it was it as bad as Crowbar's fall from the, <laughs> from the rafters? Oh, 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 absolutely. You know, the yeah. near-death experience of Crowbar. Yeah, but, but but they have not. I don't think we're repeating this one several times during the show just to try and get it over. They weren't. Um, yeah, and so and so ends the uh, pay per view. Mm. It's all right. It's, it's a decent job. show. Yeah, I mean, it's another one where I'm quite nostalgic for it because I this is one of the ones I owned on um, VHS quite early on. Yeah, I um, did as well. Yeah, but in terms of wrestling for. for Considering the average for WCW around this era, it was pretty solid stuff. Um, Triple Cage was good, Hogan and Kidman was good, Awesome Canyon, it was really good as well. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and uh, you, you rated Steiner, uh, Hugh Morris really well as well, which to be fair, I think I was a bit harsh. Yeah, I think I was a bit harsh on them to be fair, but you know, but yeah. It, it's probably in terms of pure wrestling, it might be the best show WWS to offer all year, as bizarre as that sounds. We're, we're putting him on a, like a pedestal here. Yeah, I know we are, yeah. It's, oh, no. Yeah, it, it's like that That and Fall Brawl, like the only two ones that provide the actual in-ring entertainment and the rest of it next month, I think, if I remember rightly, we're in for a right to time, so uh, look forward to that one. Right, quickly, uh, just go on to Grapple. Um, so next month is the Great American Bash, Chris. Mm. So this is what you've got to look forward to coming up. Ah, there we go. Lieutenant Loco, Disco Inferno. Uh, why is Disco Inferno getting singles and matches? Chronic versus the Mamelukes. Uh, well, it's not, at least it's not the Harris Boys versus the Mamelukes again. Diamond Dallas Page versus Mike Awesome. Mm-hmm. That should be Sean, all right. Sean Stasiak versus G.I. <clears throat> bro. Bloody G.I. Bro, honestly. The Franchise versus The Wall. Oh, God. Down, downgrade for The Wall. Absolute downgrade for him. Jesus Christ. So this has got mainly all the fucking... Uh, what's it feuding against? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The new blood. Yeah. Scott Steiner versus Rick Steiner and Tank Abbott. <laughs> Good grief. I didn't even realise Rick Steiner was coming back. Rated on grapple 0.85. Oh, Jesus. I wonder why. Hulk Hogan Kidman. I wonder who's going to win that one. David Flair versus Ric Flair. Oh, God. (laughs) Sting versus Vampiro rated 1.09. How? How are they still feuding? How? And your main event, Jeff Jarrett versus Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash straight to the main event, of course. No feud with Mike Awesome for him. Straight to the main event. Two star main event. Great. So that's what we got to look forward to, Chris, next month. 
Oh, gee whiz, I can't wait for that one. <laughs> well, uh, if the tellies is wild, I think we've ten- ended up talking more about the TV than in the actual... Uh, yeah, I, I, I think think we actually did 45 minutes on pay-per-view in the end. <laughs> we did, we did. Um, you, just, but... you need the wider context, though, because I don't think the pay-per-views give the full context of the batshit craziness that is WWE 2000. No. I mean, I mean, like, bloody hell, back on the old podcast, I did... Um, New Blood Rising mm. during like during the pandemic, right? Rewatch that, but I didn't have any context of the TV. So when we get round to reviewing that, I'm going to have the context of the TV. Yeah, and uh, the New Blood Rising was probably the best one out of context for what WCW was like. The, the other bits of other pay per views are a bit calmer, but that one is full blown russified shit. Shite, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, now they've got that to look forward to. But Chris, where can we follow you? What's very funny, and I didn't time this at all uh, to fit in perfectly, but this Sunday on Cinemortuary, uh, my horror podcast, we're doing Scream 3, starring former WCW World Champion David Arquette, as it's happened. Yeah, so Coincidence. That's good timing, considering I've recorded it a month ago. So yeah, you've got that to look forward to uh, this Sunday. So Cinemotra and all good and bad podcast providers and that Cinemotra and all your social media, apart from TikTok, because I still don't know what one of them is. Yeah. Um, you can follow me at Occupy3 on Twitter, at GCP Podcast one on Twitter. Um, episodes we've done recently, um, Top Rope Wrestling from Burnley, that's me and Jeff, and um, a, bit, a bit of a run-in from Linnae, um, just talking about little legs and what have you and uh, we also did a review a live after show review of rev pro epic encounters from your call from the dundee arms um quite a few guests on that one we had gadge uh, we had lene we had gavin who went all from progress um will cooling will cooling was on that one mm-hmm. it was good to uh, see will uh, so we were chewing the fat over what a fantastic show that one is and it's on demand now so i've said to um chris earlier it'd be interesting to see what that rating goes down as on uh, grapple for the uh the aussie open velocities tags because currently it's 4.9 and i know we hmm. we differentiated on the podcast so like all of us were five stars gadge was like i fucking hated it <laughs> he, he liked it but he said they should have killed him like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, make up make up your own opinions there. Um, coming up, we've got um, well, off to Cleforts, Chris, aren't we? Oh God. BWR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think I'll be on a podcast again on Friday. Assuming we're doing the same format. I don't think we'll be doing it after the show anyway. Um, I think we'll just be doing it on the train, all me and Jeff. We've got to okay. do two and a half hours. Oh, fair enough. You know, no, no car park shenanigans like in December. Oh no, we got yeah. all the big scoops then. The one PW bloody scoop we got then. We did, yeah, yeah. Well, well, well stuff there looked like we were doing a drug deal. <laughs> we did, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we got we got that to come up, and yeah, there'll be a like WCW podcast coming up as well mm. with uh, Mr. Wilson. So all good. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye.